on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt Nick will celebrate the end of the Hollywood strike and what that means for the future of Star Wars TV and films. They'll also discuss a new update from Taika Waititi on his Star Wars movie, which is a thing still, but not his main project currently, so he's not fully committed to getting a script done. The dudes will then settle into this week's nerdy debate, which involves deciding the bigger hero planet between Naboo and Alderaan. Does blowing up make you more heroic? Or what about being the home of the mother of the Skywalker twins? This is the Star Wars debate you've been looking for! Of course, the show will end with a question of week responses and the latest round of Ta Ta! Punch it, Chewie! everybody a little bit of a stumble into the show that shouldn't surprise anyone that's how we roll we're never going to have a seamless transition as we start a new episode of the SWTS just how we go you got a little standby screen you got the intro a few times there we are we are on your screen streaming live from SWTS HQ welcome 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 it's Matt and Nick if you want to join in with the live stream if you've been a, a an audio only type of SWTSer you can you can have some fun with us look at our funny faces youtube.com slash Star Wars time show typically Tuesday evenings 5 p east or as close as we can get all right so hey We've got some good news about Star Wars, or we're going to start seeing Star Wars again because of the strike. I know we've been kind of strike central here at SWTS for the past few months, or at least since May, right, Nick, when the the writers went. Uh, But the writers, they got their deal a few months ago. The actors didn't have a deal as of last Tuesday when we were talking and had our little segment on the strike. But a day after, as things typically happen for a Star Wars time show, big news drops. Strike has been ended. So we've, we've got some things to talk about, a roadmap to kind of spitball over. Uh, and, and all that's going to lead up to today's special topic. It seems you all were digging our special topic last week, at least based on the clips we're putting out. Um, I took, took some on the chin for Revenge of the Sith takes. Had some fellow Star Wars fans agree with us on our Han Shot First and Yub Nub takes. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, we try to do a clip a day. Or we don't try. We do. We're, we're not like Luke, okay? We listen to Yoda. There is no try over here. There's only doing. So keep your eye out for those clips on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you see one, even if you think it's stupid... You may want to share it and be like, look how dumb they are, Mm -hmm. because we'll even take that type of exposure. All right. So we got special topics. We've got pop culture. We're going to dive into right now with the Marvels. Yes, I went and saw it just like I told you I would last week. Uh, You know, I'm I'm a fan of movies like this where it's uh, led by women being a girl dad and a girl dad only. I I uh, appreciate the fact that my kid gets to kind of watch movies and TV 
and actually see her gender being represented in a lead role. I know to some of you out there, that is a very woke ideology for a white man to have, but I do have it because I can see it. I can literally see when we watch something where it's not girl centric with my kid. She kind of tunes out now. She's getting older, going on eight. When we watch something that is girl centric, female led, She's fucking keyed in, just like all of us little boys used to be with everything we used to get. So first and foremost, the Marvels does a great job at that. I do I do appreciate the female cast, even though I know it's one of the reasons why the movie bombed in the box office. Now, that and people that got issue with with strong women roles, that's for you to figure out. We're not going to discuss that here in terms of the movie's quality, its narrative. I will tell you it's very ho-hum, okay? It's a fun film. There are a lot of fun moments. There's some really cool action in there. And it it does move quickly. It's only an hour and 45 minutes with credits. So it could be the shortest MCU film to date. So while that may lend well to it not having pacing issues, that's actually the opposite. The Marvel's, I think its biggest problem, Nick, is its, its pacing. There are times where you could tell they're like, oh, shit, this this is maybe too much women talking about future plans. Let's cut it and go to like someone flying in space (laughs) or or let's cut it and just go right to the next action scene. And then they'll resolve the discussion in two sentences that we would have shown on screen taking up too much time. So I do feel like the, the, the edit was poor. You can tell that they whacked some major dialogue-heavy type of uh, scenes that probably would have helped to flesh out some of the deeper relationship shit that they were trying to work through, Um, specifically with Carol and then Monica Rambeau, who last time they met, Monica was a little kid, Carol was an adult, kind of lied to her. They get into that type of shit. So the Marvels overall is... It's it's it resembles the problems that we've had with the MCU post Endgame. Okay, I don't want to gloss that over. It's not a movie where you come out and you go, "Holy fuck, that was awesome!" I can't wait to tell Nick about it, my friends, and go see it again. It, it does not do that at all. It is serviceable. It is entertaining. It is worth watching. You know, it's a good family movie, especially if you are dominated by the female gender in your house, like I am. Okay, I'm not I don't want to discount that about the Marvels. It it hits a lot of that stuff correctly. You you do feel like these women are kicking the shit out of people. They're in control. They're they're kicking ass, taking names, no one's telling them what to do. In fact, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, is probably the standout character. I mean that that young girl, that actress, I, uh, I, I her name is escaping me right now. Iman Vellani or something. Yeah, yeah. She is she is everything really. I mean, she brings the personality to this movie. It's very it, it very much resembles what we got in the Miss Marvel series. So she she comes over perfectly. Obviously, Brie Larson is a smoke show. She looks great. Uh and, and Monica's a, a good character too, Nick. And of course, Fury's in there with the Flurkins. All right. The Flurkins may be the star of the film and that's one of its problems when you have alien cats as one of the more memorable moments so it it really is man it's it's we're talking about before we went live 
it's the MCU is just it's fucked. And I think Nick had a great point before we hit go. He's like, dude, they they need to just hit the pause button for probably three years and just take it away from people's palates. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's wrong. Like, it's just the content's there. The characters are there. All the world building is there. But these latest run of Marvel movies just all feel like, eh, all right. Mediocrity is the word of the day. Yeah, I mean, I I think that what I said about Star Wars in past episodes here were like, if you if you keep putting out too much content, the brand gets diluted. People stop to care. We've seen that happening in Star Wars TV right now. And it's exactly what's happening in Marvel. There were a lot of things that were already going against this movie during its release window, primarily um, being the strike because the actors couldn't promote the film before it was releasing. That definitely didn't help because... I, unless you're a dork like me, Nick, you probably didn't even know this movie was coming out. Right? Exactly. Like I saw, I literally saw people online who were plugged in, like, like people who are, you know, like big in the gaming industry who were like, I didn't even know that this movie was coming out until today. And it was the day that it released. Like the, the media and the marketing leading up to the film's release was like not there and or poor. And that, took a that like took a chunk off of whatever this opening weekend would have been but even if you double this opening weekend and say like okay instead of making 46 it makes 90 like still that's low. still low for marvel Dude, it, shitty ant-man made 104 or something yeah so i think that like because there was no proper media press junkets the actors weren't out there pumping it online and everywhere else like that was a huge hit but i also think that like you know, it, it could be the women thing. Like, it, it's probably going to take a hit because it's all yeah. women-led. But also, you, you know like, it is. You but know like, it is. it's like the MCU is so diluted to this point that it's like, why the f- like? There's too much shit that's not connected. There's too many characters to follow. There's too many storylines that don't converge into one cohesive thread. It's a mess, and it needs and and like. They're not going to do it because there's too much investment into the property outside of just the films being made. Like there's too much investment in, you know, the merchandise. There's too much investment in the toys. There's too much investment in like, you know, Marvel being a part of, of like the Disney parks family and stuff like that, that really putting a full stop on Marvel movies for, for X amount of years is, is probably just not possible, but that's what needs to be done. Or they need to really change how they're releasing films and what films that they're releasing. What I think that they should be doing is if they're going to release any content over the next two years, it needs to be self-contained one-off, like one-off stories about characters that you want to introduce into your new, like big, like reintroduction to the MCU. Because if we can, if, if the Marvel universe continues to just go on the path that it's been going on for the last like three, four years post Endgame, it's going to fizzle out and nobody's going to give a fuck about it anymore. And if they don't do something about it soon, this isn't going to be their lowest opening weekend. I guarantee you. Yeah, I, I, I think it may be too late. I, I do. I think they're, they're too far in. They've got too much shit cooking now to stop this train. Uh, but I'm with you. Yeah, the league's saying this too. That 
I will say this about the Marvels, and I'll be interested to see what League says. But League saying, I've been screaming the lack of interconnecting from the rooftops. Here's the deal. The Marvels, Nick, absolutely touches nothing that's happened with, like, Kang or any of that shit. But here's the odd thing. It feels perfectly connected to WandaVision and Miss Marvel from TV. It's like it, it was a perfect third entry if you if you count WandaVision as a movie, Miss Marvel as a movie, and then the Marvels. It was perfect. Like it, yeah. it all made sense how Monica got her powers from Wanda and then how Kamala got her powers and, and how she's involved. That felt connected, but you're correct. None of these movies that have come out since Endgame have felt connected as a as a whole. So they're yeah. they're not only disconnected from the Disney Plus TV shows, sans the Marvels, that actually connects very well to the TV shows. But it, none of the movies are even, feel like they're even connected together. Yeah. Like and, like how in in the Loki shit that that Tones is bringing up and it, it makes sense in this conversation. I watched that last night and I still go to myself and to my wife. What was the point of Loki season 2 outside of just getting to the end which they could have done episode one it i guess it was to show some growth with loki like he he understood now that he he's going to be the god of this new thing i mean i guess it's been out there for a week but spoilers loki essentially is in charge of time now in the marvel universe if i'm, I'm not say- mistaken like he's literally nick he he takes control of like this time loom and it turns into like the Norse, I forget what it's called, like the, the world tree. And apparently Loki is now the god of stories. And so I literally stupid. had to go and read all this shit for it to be like, okay, I, I understood what I was watching, but what's the point and what's the repercussions? So yeah. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tones or if Bat's in here, because you two seemingly loved Loki season two. Loki at this point in time could reset the entire MCU. He could bring back Iron Man if he wanted to. He, he could undo everything from what I witnessed in that franchise. And I don't think that's good either. So, And, and, and here's, here's another problem with Marvel. The, all this shit that you just said. Like all, all the TV shows. Here's one thing that Star Wars has done well. Star Wars has really done well separating their TV universe from their movie universe. And that is such a good thing because once you have an entire TV universe that is interconnected to your movie universe, you have made it impossible for anybody who is interested to jump into a franchise to start it. Like there, there is no fucking way that I am going to go back and watch six seasons of TV and six movies just to catch up to where a fucking like to where the MCU is. It's not going to happen. And this is from somebody who was heavily invested in it up until Endgame. I watched I watched after Endgame, I watched WandaVision and I watched Multiverse of Madness and that was it. And it has become too hard to enter the MCU and make any sense of anything that's going on. Like they needed the the perfect time for Marvel was when they had agents of shield, which ran in the background. It was their one TV show at the time. And this was still when everything was on network TV, it ran through and the repercussions from the movies rolled down into that show. 
but it never went the other way. Like it never went that some shit that happened in the show, you need to know to know what's going on in the movies. And now that's all that happens. And it fucks up everybody's ability to keep track of what's going on. Oh, dude, if you went to this movie without watching WandaVision or Miss Marvel, you'd be like, where the fuck did two of the main characters even come from? Dude, like, I, I haven't seen Miss <laughs> Marvel. I'm not going to see Miss Marvel. Like, I just, it. they have so, like, e- they have so quickly fucked up everything because they saw, and I, I, I can kind of see it from their standpoint. Like, they saw, like, oh my God, this interconnected universe that we built in the movies paid off dividends, some of the best storytelling ever done in like long form sequence of movies ever. And they're like, we can do that. We can, let's go another layer deep and let's tie in all of these TV shows to everything else. And that's where they fucked up because people don't watch TV the same way that they go watch movies. Like movies, it's self-contained. You go in there, you sit down for an hour and 45 minutes, two and a half hours, whatever it is. You get the story, you wait a year, and then the next one comes out and that story continues. Now there's too much shit. Like they need to, they need to cancel a fuckload of shows and they need to not make movies for a while. Because honestly, the brand itself is at a really precarious position now. And I know what they're going to do their answer is going to be like put a nut, put like a, an old favorite character back in Bring front of their RD faces. Bring RD3 back baby. And RDJ. Like, like they're they're going to try to do something like that or like their big gambit is <laughs> let's wait till the fine like the Fantastic 4 comes in. Once the Fantastic 4 comes in people are going to well, get hey, fucking hyped again. You, you want to know something Nick? Like I guess spoiler the Marvels spoiler the Marvels spoiler it's um mid credit scene again teases the idea that multiple universe is just the thing now in MCU, but uh, one of the characters makes it to the X-Men universe and beast is there played by Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like, and honestly, you like what all that is, is what Sony did with the fucking X-Men universe. And it turned to complete fucking trash. Like it went from, like the original trilogy of X-Men, which was fine. Three ended. Three was not great. And then it jumped to first class where I thought, okay, you have the opportunity now to like almost tell a story that leads up to where the first X-Men movie starts. You know, like you're, you're seeing the growth of all of these mutant characters over time, which I thought would have been interesting. But then they fucking exploded that. They did Apocalypse, which made no sense and brought in X-Men from all these different places and universes and shit. And then they had another Dark Phoenix Rising, whatever the fuck. Like, so the, the, the road that Marvel, that Disney Marvel is now going down is almost the same road as what the Sony X-Men universe went down. And it, it blew up the whole franchise. So... I don't know if that's what they plan on doing is like multi, like essentially pulling people in from multiple universes and all this bullshit. Like I really don't like, I think that. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, that started with your buddy, Dr. Strange. I mean, that's how professor X got in the MCU. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really bad way to continue it. <laughs> Nick's but, like, all right, I'm good. I, I'm not going back. I'm, I'm throwing oh, all no. the shit at him that he's missed. He's like, okay, fuck this. I'm, I'm glad I'm out. So, no, yeah, all right. Like I'm, I, I, I'm 
totally uninvested in Marvel. And the only thing that may have got me back into it was Loki season two. But like, cause will you Taylor please I, watch it? Cause I want to no. know if I'm just brain dead or if I fell asleep too much during it. Cause I just, I mean, Bango, I respect tones. I respect bat. I respect They're all like, dude, it was good. I'm, I'm just going, I, we're usually on the same page in this little star Wars time crew. And no, I just, I don't, I don't see it. Even during the finale, I could feel myself like my eyes getting a bit heavy. So maybe yeah. that's because I, I I wasn't checked in for for the entire series. I don't know. Yeah, no. I, Either I'm not way, hey, Tom it. Hiddleston is is a god. Truly, like, l- listen, Loki season two still the highest production value, probably the best acting. The the story just it seemed like we were in a loop the whole time and stayed in the loop until the very end. It's like okay, well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, he who remains, yada yada, replacements, boot to boot the, to beat. The next Marvel thing that I will watch will be Daredevil. And and I'm only. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on Deadpool 3, like fly on shit. I mean, uh, you, you uh, know that's going to be Deadpool. So it, it's not the, the usual MCU. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I, I, I may watch that. But like, Daredevil goes back to when Marvel was good. Daredevil goes back to like when the problems that were facing the Marvel heroes were close to home, whether they be extraterrestrial or not. Like the Avengers movie was fucking awesome. But the reason why it was fucking awesome is because you had this incredible action sequence going on between the Avengers and this extraterrestrial force in New York. Like that's what made it cool. Like the New York part of it. Like you, don't, you don't like New York 55? Like, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, right. it, it's just gone off the rails. So, yeah, I mean, Marvel is is in its, we'll don't see worry. what happens. It's in its I'm, death I'm, spiral, in my opinion. I'm, I'm a self-identified punching bag of consumerism. I, I'll eat it all. I'll go yeah, I'll watch every I watch everything. It doesn't matter. I, I even know going in the new Marvel that it's not going to live up to phase one, two and three, but I still do it. Yeah. Who we got? Hey, there's another one. Matt Polanca. Love Loki, too. Man, I must I, I, I must have done too much too many meds at night. I don't know. Hey, we, we all can agree to disagree yeah. here on, on Loki. Oh, look at this. Connor Tierney. One half of at Beyond the Dune Sea nice. joining the SWTS. Yeah. Um, while he's here, we might as well do our Beyond the Dune C segment for this week. But just another banger show intro. I mean, green screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had Seth dress up in mall makeup and and recreate the Kenobi. Just excellent work by those dudes over there. Don't forget them, even though that they they literally are a a bigger podcast and stream than we are, and they did it in a month, and it's taken us essentially six years to go nowhere. So kudos to them. Good to see you, Connor. That must mean his wife kicked his ass today and said, get away from me. All right. So we appreciate the, the, uh, beyond the dune see at least one half of the team listening today. All right, Nick. So we, 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 we kind of talked at the start of the show here. The strike is over mm-hmm. hip, hip, hooray. Right. So what does that mean for star Wars and, um, Bespin Bolton over there kind of punched something up here. And, um, I, Connor, I can't help it. I'm fully consumed with beyond the Dune sea, both for good and bad reasons. Cause I am a broken human, but I do love you. And I'm glad the show's doing well. Secretly. I'm not. All right. 
I'm just being honest, but I am, I am happy for you. You just got to understand, I am a broken, fucked up, narcissistic man. So sometimes it's hard for me to watch others succeed, but I can't admit that. Okay. That is, that shows some growth here. Right, Nick? Usually I just scream and yell and fucking yell and hate people for no reason, but I'm getting there. So anyways, the strike is fucking over. I don't know if, if, if all of you have been paying attention to your socials and have watched uh, Iman, Rosario, and Natasha, and Ivana just fucking blow their collective loads. It's been beautiful with the, with the content that the Ahsoka team has finally started sharing now that they're allowed to talk about it again. I'm talking behind-the-scenes videos, Ivana in the uh, Landspeeder Hot Wheel smoking a cigarette, uh, custom robes behind the scenes stunt reels it's been very cool to see and it's like shit what a shame that they weren't allowed to play with us for the eight weeks that ahsoka was airing but oh well strikes over which means we can start talking about when are we going to see star wars again okay as of last week the strike was still on the books and nick and i were like dude at this point if they don't get it done before the new year there's a good chance we're not watching Star Wars until the summer of 24, maybe the fall, maybe even the winter. Well, luckily, that did not happen. The deal was made. Uh, apparently, the total deal is going to be around a billion dollars. It sounds like they got a 7% increase across the board. AI protections, uh, new streaming language, if you will. So kudos to them just goes to show you that you can get shit done against rich people if you are willing to suffer for a little bit yeah remember it, it wasn't the clunies and the pits suffering it was the matt and the nicks that hold fucking lights and microphones on set for 18 hours a day and make 20 grand a year so kudos to them but really who gives a fuck about humans we sure as hell don't or at least i don't I care about Star Wars. So what does this mean now for us? Well, let's start with Andor Season 2. And again, Bestman Bolden, he doesn't have anything concrete here, but I, I, I kind of like the way he's thinking. So if we rewind a bit, Nick, Andor had like a, a few more weeks to shoot before the, the strike kicked in and completely shut down the production. Yeah. Um, we were hoping that Andor Season 2 would have come out sometime fall of 24, okay? you know, two years after it's, it's 22 release, but that's just, that's just not going to be the case these days. You got to figure they probably still have to wrap the shoot. Yep. There could be reshoots. You never know. So I'm thinking now kind of like, uh, Bespin Bulletin and or season two is looking more like a 2025 release. The question is, is it going to be early or late? And I'm, I'm going to position late. I think that, so here, here's what's going to end up happening. I think Andor is going to be the pivot piece because it is not connected to, like it's not in any way connected to the larger Mandoverse story in the movie that's going to come from that. So if they are still planning on doing Filoni's movie at a specific time, and I don't know if there's, if there's like been an updated announcement, I'm sure that now things that are, you know, have been worked out with the actors, we may start to get like, you know, new slates of release dates and stuff like that. But if I had to take a guess and they wanted to put out Filoni's movie in 25, 
then the the slate for 24 is going to be filled with shows that are that are leading to that so that we'll need have, to get need yeah. to get down and out into exactly the void. All right. so like you know you'll have mando season four you'll have ahsoka season two maybe like maybe you get that in winter 2024 like towards the well, end that, of the year i mean I, ahsoka i i think is a ways out that thing hasn't even been greenlit we don't know if dave was allowed to, to write it all uh, so I'm I'm going with stuff that I know that they had fucking cameras rolling, and that was Andor. So maybe I, you know, kind of playing into your your school of thought here, it's still going to be late twenty five then, or maybe early. Let, let's come back to Andor because, like you said, I, I and I'm agreement. I think Mando season four and Skeleton Crew at minimum need to hit Disney Plus before we can even start talking about Dave's movie. And I also agree with mm-hmm. you. I think Ahsoka season two is a part of that puzzle as well. Yeah. But all we know is Mando season four is just written. It was supposed to start shooting two months ago, this September. Clearly that's not going to happen. It didn't happen. And now because the strike just got revolved or resolved, damn stupid. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to get that, that, that juggernaut up and running again. The production beast, yeah. you know, costume design, concept art based on John's writing. I'm sure they had a, a good chunk of this, but they they weren't even they didn't even get the production up and running. So all that still needs to take place. So I think Mando S4 will be lucky to begin shooting spring of 24, which means we're not going to get Mando S4 probably until I, I would say like season three this year, a, a March a February, March, April type of release in 25 for Mando S4. Yeah. I, I, I like the, the tricky thing is definitely going to be around like timing for things. And I think that because Andor's almost finished, maybe they just say fuck it and put that out. But they also know like from a studio standpoint, they know that nobody fucking cares about Andor. Andor right. was the least watched show. Like if you put that out, you're like, yeah, here, here's, here you go. It's the, it's the final thing of Andor. All of the people who watched it can enjoy it, but this is not going to like, Andor season two is not going to do anything for them in terms of like bringing people back to the platform or right. like getting new users. So like that is probably the least thing that they care about. Um, because yeah, it just, it, it wonders how long they want to sit on a finished yeah, product. It's, it's you know? like, do you just so like, yeah, that's what it comes down to. Like, do you wait on it and be like, we want to do all of the stuff that we have to first? Or do you just say like, finish it and we'll put it out, you know, mid or late 2024, early 2025, just so we can be done with it. Yeah. Um, and that, but, that, I think you're right. I think it would probably be like holiday season 24, like that late. It would have to be. I mean, they're not done shooting yet. It still needs to go through post. And sometimes post can take a year. So at best, Andor S2, I would say November 24, more than likely early 25, right? Yeah, yeah. 20, early 25 is probably the more likely of it for Cause, sure. Because here's what's going to happen in 24 now, Nick. Uh, Skeleton Crew and the Acolyte. Clearly, I mean, Skeleton Crew was ready to rip. I yeah. mean, they were they were starting to promote it. There were articles in, in, in E and all that stuff with Jude. 
that was that should be going almost right now or early December yeah. or like a, or like a book of Boba where it starts end of December, bleeds a bit into the next year. So quite frankly, everyone, I, I think you can take this to the bank. Skeleton Crew will be the first Star Wars property we get to see next year. Mm-hmm. Now, when I they're still going to need time to promote it, because obviously that got completely killed after the writer strike. So I could see Skeleton Crew taking the the February, March, April slot in 24 that the Mandalorian season three had this year. Yeah. And then after that, it'll probably be Acolyte. Acolyte would probably be like the Ahsoka this year where it gets the the August, September, October window. Yeah. And then honestly, what's what's kind of fucked is your end of year one is either going to be it may be Bad Batch season two or season three. Well, you know what? That's a good point, Nick. So they they may now you're right. They may lead with Bad Batch. Yeah. So that's still still like February, March, April, because they've done zero promo for season three. Yeah. But and then crew fall and then acolyte to be your your closer is what you're thinking. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on how much work needs to be done on the two live action properties. I believe because Acolyte was canned, like done. Yeah. So they may be in post. Skeleton should be done with post. Yeah. So, I mean, the way, and it really, and then what really decides how those three are going to be in order is what's going to come in early 2025. So if they do early 2025, like if they do and or early 2025, then that may be better. It may be better to have like, I don't know, like maybe it's better to have like Mandalorian close out the year. That way you have your highest subscriber count at the end of the year leading into Andor season two, instead of having like a question mark at the end of it with the acolyte and then being like, okay, well, we'll, we'll have acolyte ready to go or something like that. Like maybe if they can try to squeeze in Mandalorian season four at the end of 2024, I have no idea, but would you like, ideally you want to have something that's popular to close out your year. I I know what you're saying. I, there's just, it, it, it'll be physically impossible because the Mandalorian is, is essentially brand new. It's all we know is it's been written. We, we don't know if they they've gone out and, and did casting for any new characters or location scouts. We don't even know if they have the production team ready. So I, I'm going to take this one to the bank too. Mando S4 2025 guaranteed. There, there's no way that's going to see the light of day in 24 not to discount Nick, he is right, but you know the past few years Disney's been like, eh, who cares about November, December? We're not going to air anything. I don't, I don't think we got any Star Wars TV November, December in in twenty two, right? I mean, yeah, Andor yeah. wrapped by October or, or early November, and then there was nothing. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe the- that's where they did like the visions and shit like that, but. For sure in 24, it's going to be Bad Batch, Skeleton Crew, The Acolyte. In my head, Order is probably still Skeleton Crew, Bad Batch, Acolyte. But I, I do know what Nick is saying. I just, I don't think Disney gives a fuck anymore about, they're like, hey, 
we just don't care. We're, we're going to air this stuff when we air it. We've seen them delay stuff too, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. they delayed Mando S3. They delayed uh, not Ahsoka, but Andor Season 1. So I don't know how married they are to like what they did do. And to your point, yeah, remember guys and girls, when they, when they aired or launched Disney Plus, Mandalorian, mid-November through December into the new year. Right there when people are around their TVs with families to watch and talk, word of mouth. They did it again season two, little earlier air, I believe, that year. And then they just stopped. And they, they kind of yeah. gave up that window that used to be really, what was it, Nick? It was new Star Wars movie month, right? That yeah, was December. That was December. And maybe, hey, maybe they'll get back to that. Maybe they'll start trying to slap movies in December instead of TV shows. But I think 24, we can say... With confidence, you're at least going to see Bad Batch S3, Skeleton Crew S1, probably only one, The Acolyte S1, probably only one. Mando S4, I just, it would take a miracle. I'm thinking that's going to be probably the first out of the gate for 25. And if Ahsoka S2 gets greenlit, hell, even before this year flips, there's a chance we could even get Ahsoka S2 after Mando S4. And I think, Nick, that would be the ideal lead in to the Filoni movie. Yeah. I mean, that would be the best in, way in like to 26, it. like the movie's 26, but then you get those seasons and we're kind of a cliffhanger in Ahsoka season two, which mm-hmm. would then turn into the movie. Yeah. I mean, you need, you need to have the last series out before the movie, like actually lead into the movie, uh, just to make sure that people are aware that like, this is all connected. But I mean, to be honest, like what we talked about earlier, the $46 million opening for, for the Marvels, that hurts Star Wars too. Like if, if shit like that, like if they keep coming up short on box office releases, like, yes, there are different divisions of the, of the company. Like, you know, there's the Lucasfilm division. There's the money all goes to the same account though. (laughs) I would say it's, it's all Disney funded. So like, if they are getting less money through other sectors, that means there's going to be less investment in Star yeah, Wars projects. Right. So it's like hundred percent. And and the the casualty there may be Ahsoka season two. It it legitimately might like it might be that whole series because it wasn't a huge money maker. Like Ahsoka did not live up to expectations in terms of viewership. Critically, it was it got mixed reviews critically. And I think that most of the 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 comments on the critical side of it are there's a lot of information that you need to know to get into it. And it's just what you can do in Ahsoka season two, you should be able to fit and make sense of in your other shows. Or you handle some of it in the other shows and then you address the rest of it in the film itself. So it, I mean, it really depends. Pick like Pixar's last release didn't do well. Elemental, even though it was supposedly a fantastic movie financially killed it on Disney plus. Yeah. Like financially (laughs) didn't do well. Like, uh, the Marvel's financially didn't do well. People are losing interest in Marvel in general. And that is all that, that all rolls downhill to star Wars projects. You're not wrong. I mean, Disney in general as a studio has not done well period at the box office since pre COVID. Like, I mean, well, I'd say post COVID. Post COVID. Yeah. Post COVID. I mean, 
they haven't had any mega mega money makers i mean they, I mean, they, didn't, the they didn't put it's out like, barbie they didn't put out oppenheimer i mean yeah other studios are doing that like nobody has like no like the only movies that have blown up post-covid are everything everywhere all at once and then barbie and then oppenheimer because of barbie let's just make that clear like i like Oppenheimer did well because Barbie did well. And those two got linked together in media. If those had release dates that were separate, even by two months, Oppenheimer would have been a $15 million open movie that maybe crosses a hundred million dollars worldwide. Like that's (laughs) straight up true. Um, Fuck you Oppenheimer. You suck. I mean, the thing is, is it's a, it's a two hour and 45 minute movie about history that nobody cares about. And the only reason that people saw it is because of the double feature thing. Like I, I, I've had people, like I talked to people who saw Oppenheimer and they're like, yeah, I mean, it's a good movie, but you're going to fall asleep in it at some point. Like, <laughs> and it's just I, like, I will say I did not see it with Barbie. I went because I uh, do yeah, love Yeah, but history. you're a 40 plus year old dude. And, and, like, and I love, yeah. I love, I love like, Nolan and the way he makes movies. And I was up the entire time. But like that, that movie is made for you. Like that, that's the truth of it. Like that's, that movie, hey, that's right. That's why he's young Nick and I'm the old guy. It's like that movie and, and a lot of Nolan's movies, which, which is why a lot of Nolan's movies have had shitty box offices since, uh, especially since Tenet, like <laughs> people don't want to like the, like the younger generation and the people that are going to the, to the movies now don't want to see really long shit like no, that. No, no, but dude, they don't, they can't even watch real TVs. They just look at their fucking smartphones all day long. I, I, I yeah. get it. So, I mean, nobody's had a big box office splash. I mean, DC is fucking dead in the water. And by the, by the way it's looking now, Warner brothers just canned, like literally canceled another film that was completed. Oh like, yeah. What, Coyote versus Acme or some shit like that. Like, that one got got fucked up by <laughs> Warner Brothers. So now, hey, hey, James Gunn's uh, Man of Steel or whatever movie, what he, we put out a tweet, twenty twenty five, July oh, yes. twenty twenty five. Here we go, yeah. July eleven, something like that. I saw that. Nick so, will be first in line. I will not. He, he uh, loves Superman. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, nobody's had a box office splash, and yeah. the, that's a problem for Disney because they need them because they spend three hundred million dollars to make a movie. And if they don't make $150 million in opening weekend, then they're just not going to recoup their investment. Yeah. So what they really need to do is understand how to make movies for less money now. Like it isn't the box office era anymore where you put out a Marvel movie and it's instantly going to make at least $750 million. Like that's just not the world we're in anymore. Um, and they need to be able to do better on the production cost side of things to account for that. Like you can't spend 300, $350 million on a movie anymore. Like it's just, it's not feasible to get the return. Like you need to be able to do your full production budget for probably half of that 150 million. And you need to be able to say a $350 million worldwide box office is a a success. Like you can't, live off of minimum $700 million box offices. 
That's just, it's not how the theater. Hey, but Bob's a fucking genius, Nick. I mean, he's a genius. (laughs) He gets $50 million bonuses. He must know something we do not. All right. Let's go ahead and get off of this because I know we're (laughs) under a time constraint here. And I I get Nick wound up on the the business side of Hollywood and, and, and he can go. So. That's that. Like, uh, just to recap, 24, Bad Batch, Skeleton Crew, Acolyte, Take It to the Bank, 25, Mandalorian Season 4, Andor Season 2. Take that to the fucking bank, too, my friends. Real quick, before we get to our the, the meat of Episode 286 here, um, yeah, I, I, I was thinking this, too, real quick, before we move subjects completely. Like Nova, what the studios need are exclusive Taylor Swift music videos that play before the movies. Anything with Taylor (laughs) Swift, sign up for it, all right? And yes, I did watch what they did down in Buenos Aires. I I saw her run to him for the embrace. I heard her change a lyric in the song to acknowledge him. I saw her giving him the eye every time she would sing about a lyric about a boy. I'm fully wrapped up in it. And I, I, love I it. really hope that they get married and, and it all goes well, because if this is another one of her relationships that just ends in like a year with a fucking album, it's going to be so annoying. Right. It's going to be, I'll, it's I'll already take, I'll take annoying. Travis's si- I'll take Travis's side if that happens. I mean, the okay. problem is, is like Travis is going to be the one to break up with her. 100%. If she doesn't give him a baby. I mean, he wants that. He, he wants to get her impregnated. Yeah. And like, tra- like he's also like, what, I don't know. I just don't think that he's going to want to stay with her long term. He I think needs it. Like <laughs> he's almost the end of his career. She's a billion dollar woman. Like he, he's got to do everything he can to, to hold on to this, this prize. So we shall yeah. see. All right. Back to star Wars. Remember we, we did try to pitch Taylor Swift in the star Wars. No one seemed to, to like that clip, but I, I would still go for it. I think she's, not only beautiful, but talented and, and clearly a savvy business woe man. Okay, so everyone's out and about talking again, Nick, because the strikes have lifted. So our buddy Taika, he was out talking to, uh, I forget, E.T. Entertainment tonight here. Mm-hmm. And they, they, of course, asked him about a Star Wars movie. I think he's out promoting his uh, this soccer film, Next Goal Wins. It looks pretty funny. Might go check it out. I, I still dig Taika. Um, have you watched the second season of Our Flags Mean Death? Are you out on that? Um, we've watched the first two episodes of it. Okay. So I haven't finished right. it, but we're watching it. A- anyways, just to t- clarify Taika and Star Wars. And, and this, this article made me remind how long this has been. But it's been three fucking years, Nick, since... Kathy announced Taika being involved. And obviously after three years, seeing nothing, no concrete updates. Of course, people are like, what is this real? Or is this another one of KK's things where she just threw some shit at the wall, hoping it would stick and it has fallen down like some of the other poop she's flung. But here's what he has to say. At the moment, I'm still developing something with them and them being Lucasfilm. Like me, they have a lot of projects going on. I think they're going to push it until I finish these other projects. I've got about four other scripts that I'm trying to finish. My thing is I want to take my time with that and get it right. I don't want to rush this movie. So That's there you smart. go. <laughs> it, it, it's still in the works, but he has other scripts to finish and this does line up with a quote we talked about a few months ago, Nick, from Kathleen herself. Looks like this was April. She said, oh, yeah, that's, it's all underway. 
there's no pivot, no pivot. It's all underway. Taika's a little slow. Everybody's busy, but yeah, those are great projects and we're definitely still doing them. So that w- when she's talking plural there, the, the other project was the Lando yeah. thing that, that we've reported is now a movie being written by the Glover bros. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I, I really don't think he's just giving lip service. I truly think it's like, look, I'm Taika. And three years ago, I was little Taika. I'm big Taika now. All right. Yeah. I've had a few hits under my belt. I've won an Oscar. I've got all sorts of fucking opportunities. Lucasfilm three years ago. Yeah, that would have been my main focus, but not so much now. I'm my own man. I'm doing my own shit. I'll eventually get to it. But yeah, it's the, you know, the uh, iron is still in the fire here. Or do you think this is all horse shit and we're never going to see a Taika Star Wars movie? I mean, we may never, but I do. That is, that is true. That is true. It's like, we, we, we may, yeah, it's like, we, we, we may not like, and it's the same thing with Ryan's trilogy. Like, right. It's the same. Like, if you look at the language of both, both sides of it, it's the same thing. Like they're working on other stuff, but I'm also still developing this. And like for right now, Tyke has got a lot of shit going on. Like he's very involved in both TV and movie production. And like you said, he has the the new movie coming out very soon. And then clearly he's got other stuff that he's working on. But I think that his film is going to be like, is not a part of something else that they're planning to do. Like in terms of like a, a cinematic universe or an interconnected cinematic, like series of films. So they can like, they can give him time. They can give him, they can just be like, look, Get it to where you want it to be and then we'll talk because there's no rush to put his shit out. Like there's no rush for him to get his movie in theaters quickly because it's kicking off something else. Yeah, nothing uh, nothing so. is reliant upon it, right? There, nothing yeah. needs to go before it. Nothing needs to come after it. So he he can do it whenever he feels like. I guess the question to you, Nick, would be, do you want to see a like a more Taika humorous take on Star Wars? Yes. Like like Ragnarok, but not the the other Thor, something like that. You know, yeah, like a little. Okay, one one hundred percent. More more like Ragnarok, less like the last Thor, whatever. I I don't even love, love and thunder. Yeah, love and thunder. Something like that, I think, would be really healthy for Star Wars because yeah. at this moment. Aside, and here's what I'll say, aside from Solo, all of the Star Wars movies have a very similar feel to them. And they all should have because they were all like a part of a numbered sequence of films. But I think that now that we are outside of the numbered sequence or we assume that we're outside of the numbered sequence. <laughs> Dude, you can't escape knows? the like, Skywalkers, bro. Like, you can't get away. I, Cause the thing is, is like, I don't know. Are, are they going to make the Ray new Jedi order movie? Number 10, like who, who the fuck knows? I don't think they will, but they could. Cause technically you're continuing she's a, on. She's from a Skywalker. Nine. <laughs> she's a yeah. Skywalker. It's like, it's a continuation of nine and it's with the same main character. So it could be 10, but who the fuck knows? But they do like Star Wars definitely needs a a film out there more similar to to like Solo that is a little bit lighter in terms of the the content presented and the way that it's presented, like have a little bit more of a uh, I don't want to say a comedic feel because I don't think it needs to be a comedy movie, but like like something more fun 
like Solo was a very fun movie to go to watch. If you haven't watched it in a while, go watch it again. It's a very fun movie to watch. Yeah, it's and a heist char- movie. Yeah, and the character dynamics that were built by both the Lord Miller and by Ron Howard and by Kasdan who wrote it, like those character dynamics were very fun. And I think that's kind of Taika's lane. Like if you look at even Jojo Rabbit, which he won the Oscar for, that was also about the Nazis in 1945 and the fall of the Third Reich. Like, but, it, but it had humor. It was humor and it was fun. And the way that he built his characters and the dynamic that his characters interacted with is what made that movie fun. And I feel like Star Wars could use that. So even if his movie comes out in 2027... I want it to be I want it to be a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie, not a Star Wars movie that is trying that just has his name put on it. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I would I'm, definitely want something of his flavor. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If, if he could find that Ragnarok formula for Star Wars, I, I think it would be like you said, it, it would stand alone in a way that most other Star Wars do not play yeah. out. I and mean, it also it, I, like it sets a precedent for other films like that to be made in the universe or not even other films like that, but other films that are offbeat from the right. standard ones. Yeah, And I don't think we're talking like slapdick. No, shit. no, no. Uh, and that, that, that's kind of where love and thunder. I mean, I, I don't hate love and thunder, but it, it definitely got a little slapdicky. Like they were having too much fun uh, on movie two, where I, I think he could recapture kind of that feel that they all had on, on Ragnarok to truly make something feel unique, but also still firmly rooted in the star Wars universe, just like Ragnarok was. I mean, Ragnarok, go back and rewatch it. It is a fucking great movie. It finally makes Thor cool. It makes Hulk even cooler. It's got mm-hmm. great music, you know, paired to some of the action or some of the moments. It's just a really fun fucking movie. Gold blooms in it. Yeah, it's great stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would I would literally take Star Wars Ragnarok. It doesn't even have to be that much different. Just sub in the characters with Star Wars characters yeah. and, and, and we're good to go and give him his own. Hopefully what we heard or what was speculated when it was first announced that this was going to be like an old Republic film, like way in the back. Hopefully they do let him do that because it gives him space to, to work and like it doesn't he doesn't have to fuck around with. You know, Darth Vader, that the Emperor. Yeah, Luke Skywalker, I, I think the less the less Star Wars guardrails he has, the better it'll be for everybody. So, uh, but but I'm down for. It. I, I know there's a lot of people are like, nope, they'll put up the you know the the sign of the cross, like get the fuck out of here, Taika. We don't want your brand of comedy in Star Wars. But I I definitely agree with Young Nick. I I think it would work perfectly if he could kind of rein himself in a bit we've seen some of his movies beyond past ragnarok where it's like all right a little little too much taika there buddy we love (laughs) you but little too much little too much so we shall see i I think nick is being overly generous with 2027 i I think we'd be lucky to even get the ray movie by then which is going to be the first movie because we know they had at least a writing team and we're, we're kicking the tires on it so I think I'm not kidding. 2030, maybe I'm being maybe. dead serious. I mean, at this point, Disney may be sold by 2030. Hey, like there is Tim, a lot Tim of- Cook, man, Apple buying it. That, that's been the rumor. Like, I think that's who they want them to purchase Disney is Apple. But uh, you, you never know. Yeah. Like like Johnny's saying down here, let's get back to 
a Star Wars story like we were doing. Solo, a Star Wars story. They, they had a good idea when they bought Star Wars. They really did. The cadence of every other year you get, you get Skywalker Prime and then a Star Wars story. That was fantastic. But, you know, because of choices and, and fans and Bob Iger. And yes, I am going to say Bob Iger because he's the one that decided that Solo was going to run when it was going to run after all the fucking production issues because of Mary Poppins 2. <laughs> don't ever forget that people that was hilarious that, don't that ever forget it and i'm not lying like he he went on record he's like i kept solo in may because i didn't want to steal any thunder from mary poppins fucking two it's like bob read the room last jedi came out in december and critics loved it but most of your fans were literally slitting their throats over it <laughs> and, and, and you're gonna give them more more, more fuel for their Star Wars hate only a few months later after everyone's reported that Solo is a disaster because it took so long to film and so much money to make. Just one of the dumbest fucking business moves of all time. Yet I'm sure he got a cool $40 million bonus that year. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Here we I go, mean, here we <laughs> go. What do we think about this from Nova? An okay. Indiana Jones, I'm down for an Indiana Jones type adventure story in the Star Wars universe. I think that's what's supposed to be, like, that's what Skeleton Crew is supposed to be similar to, right? But, like, like that's, Yeah, but like, the, it'd be more like the kid adventure, but yeah, more of that kind of, hey, we're out here exploring maybe on purpose or not on purpose and, and the hijinks every episode is what's going to keep people coming back. Yeah. I mean, that would be perfect for a high Republic. Well, thing, you know, honestly. you know like, what Nova, I mean, shit, dude, we, we have the character and the content. Dr. Afra is Indiana Jones, star Wars. She, she yeah. literally is. She interfaces with Vader, but she's also a, a, a scientist and an explorer and a relic hunter. I mean, in the comics, she's she is massive. Like Doctor Afra is a major fucking character. Has tried to kill Vader. Has teamed up with Vader. Vader's tried to kill her. She's got triple zero and BT the murder bots. I mean, she's tried to kill Luke Skywalker. I mean, she is a fantastic character that would hundred percent fit that mold of an Indiana Jones in Star Wars. Yeah, and like I, said, I think it's already you, there. Like she's there. The roadmap is there. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't use her as the character. I would, I would make something new, but they could follow a similar blueprint right. to that character. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see something like that. I just like Star Wars. Star Wars films up to this point have had to be sort of formulaic because they were all part of a sequence, and the only two that weren't were Rogue One and Solo. And Rogue One was probably the most loved movie out of Disney so far, and then Solo. Um, I think was super underappreciated. And if you sh like solo is a really good movie to like get people into star Wars, to introduce them to star Wars. Um, but that, you know, again, it was, it was the curse I, of the main character. Yeah, dude, I, I honestly think what happened to solo is probably the biggest travesty of Disney star Wars so far. A, a close second, if not a tie is, is how the sequels were, commissioned that's that's number one i'm sorry you, you can't get beyond the sequels and hey let's let three different people create a trilogy that that still is just the dumbest fucking move i've ever heard but but number two is is what happened to solo because nick's right 
if you're one of these people like have been boycotting it because your life is that vapid that you feel like that's actually doing something and showing Disney, a multi-billion dollar corporation that you're sticking it to them, get off your high horse and go watch. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a really good movie. It's a high quality Star Wars movie. Alden's great. Uh, home Kiara is great. I forget her fucking real name. <laughs> uh, Amelia Clark. Yeah, yeah Amelia. I, I mean, Donald, the, 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 Phoebe. I mean, the whole fucking cast is fantastic. Eunice. It, Nick is not. I'm going to go fucking watch it. He's got me all hyped <laughs> up. It really is a fun fucking flick. Mm-hmm. It's got those heist vibes to it. It's got some humor. It's got the action. I mean, it's that's why I'm the, saying the, like the scoundrel shit. That's as close to like Ragnarok like Taika style that we've gotten in Star yeah, Wars know, so far. You're right. You're right. So, all right. Well, there you go, Taika. If you, if you tuned into 286 today, make sure to take those notes and um, we'll go ahead and have our agent contact yours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick, Nick wants his cash. All right, my friends, it's that time of the show to move into our special topic this week. I don't know what we're going to do next week. I got to look at the list. But if anyone, if you're listening and you have ideas, you'd like us to rant or answer a specific question. I kind of like what Beyond the Dune C is doing. They, they, they ask questions in their stories like, hey, is there something you want to hear us talk about? Let's try it out here. Maybe I'll, I'll put some prompts in, in IG on Star Wars Time. Um, but we have our own ideas like today. And this is one, Nick, like, like I know I, I kind of explained it to you because it, it may not make sense to people because I, I come up with a lot of stupid fucking ideas when it comes <laughs> to Star Wars and, and, and how to cover Star Wars and how to somehow be entertaining talking about Star Wars. So the crux of today's special segment, which is bigger hero planet, Naboo or Alderaan? All right. You might be sitting there going, okay, this this guy does a lot of drugs and it has nothing to do with that. (laughs) There, there is a reason behind this and I'll take you back to March of 23. It's a Wednesday morning. We're watching Mandalorian season three and we get to see Grogu flashback number three or four, whatever it is. And lo and behold, we get to see who saves him. But as Kellerin is, is zipping through the skyline of Coruscant, avoiding the clones, avoiding Order 66 to get the little green guy out of there, we see him head towards a landing platform and a familiar looking style of ship is there. It's a Naboo cruiser of some sort, that, that mirror, that, that platinum look, the chrome. And then a Naboo, Naboo soldier comes out and I start, I start to go like, well, holy shit. Naboo has, has worked with this Jedi to plan for this escape. Mm-hmm. Naboo is already actively undermining the Empire the first day of the Empire. Hell, pre-Empire day. Like the moment Order 66 dropped, Naboo's like, hey, fuck this shit. Anyone need help? Does anyone need help? So that's the moment I was like, you know what? I'm stupid. I have a lot of dumb Star Wars knowledge in my brain. Naboo is really impressing me right now. They almost feel like an Alderaan. And then that's where it came from, my friends. Like I said, there's a lot of stupidity swimming around (laughs) in my skull. So I was like, you know what? What is a bigger hero planet in Star Wars? Is it Naboo or is it Alderaan? Because if you get through the silliness of the prompt, 
your little Star Wars brain should start to think, you know what, that is interesting to think about. I mean, Alderaan, you had the Organas and they were, they were, you know, back in the High Republic, Galactic Republic doing do good shit. I mean, Leia was doing do good shit as a, as a little kid, a teen. They just, you know, they feel like a good planet. Same with Naboo, you know, Queen Amidala, the good shit she was doing. So here we are. We're going to have this debate. What is the bigger hero planet, Naboo or Alderaan? So we're going to start with Naboo, Nick, and, and I've laid out some of the pros to make my case. And I will say with each planet, I also have a con, which may make your decision easier <laughs> or harder. So since Nick really hasn't seen a lot of this, he's going to be the ultimate decision maker at the end. And I'll, I'll give my two cents on which planet I think is the hero. But Nick is the true subject today. All right. So up first, and if you're on the live stream, I spent money again and, and hired a graphics person <laughs> called Dumbass Haywood, <laughs> who, who knows how to use online Adobe Express, and that's about it, to put words on images. So you do have something to look at if you do want to check it out. Don't forget, audio only, as you're listening, we will have the video for you. You just need to go to StarWarsTime.net, check out the post. We will have the recorded version if you do want to follow along. All right, Nick, I had to get, I had to dig deep here. I'm not going to lie. I, I, had to, I had to hit up the Wikipedia. I thought I had enough on the top of my head. And, and when I was like, hey, what's a pro for Naboo? I was like, Amidala. That's uh, it. <laughs> okay, well, let me go to the internet and see what else I can That's, dig up. But yeah. hey, I found some good shit. So here we go. So Naboo, big hero planet. Why? First pro, it was the home of the San Teca clan. Now, if we were more into the High Republic, apparently the Santecas did some, did some shit. But we know, at least through the Skywalker trilogy, one of their descendants, Lore Santeca, who we saw in the Force Awakens opening scene, mm -hmm. he helped Leia and Luke during the New Republic era. Remember, he was the one hiding the star map location for where Luke was hidden. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. You heard how he spoke about Leia. Um, so they, the, the Santecas, Nick, from what I've gathered, have always had a, a you know, their homeworld being Naboo. They've always had a strong attachment to it, honoring Naboo, honoring the good people of Naboo. So Lord Santeca doing what he did for the Skywalker twins all the way up until his murder by a Skywalker is why Naboo gets this pro for being a hero planet. All right. Yeah, I know. All right. Yeah, I know you're not too impressed with Lore Santeca. So. <laughs> I, I will say that, like, you picked two hard fucking planets. <laughs> like, you yeah. picked one planet that was in a movie and a half, and then you but picked hey. another one that we've seen on screen for maybe 15 minutes. Like like two seconds. But there's, yeah, you know, there's like, a lot of canon in comics <laughs> that, that, that come in here. So just, just bear with me. All right. You, you got to have some words for this one. A Naboo Pro, probably the biggest Naboo Pro, it is the home of Padme Amidala, Queen of Naboo, who defeated the Trade Federation, a galactic senator who did everything in her power to stop the power grab by her former senator, Palpatine. Mm -hmm. And who caused is, the downfall of the Galactic Republic well, hey, by having at, sex with a Jedi who was also hey, the chosen one. <laughs> we're not in the cons yet, Nick. Hold on. <laughs> she is a scion of democracy, right? Okay. And the mother 
of the Skywalker twins. I mean, come on. How can you provide more good for the galaxy than what came out of her loins? <laughs> right? Um, I mean, Padme as a human being is definitely a a good pro for Naboo. Um <laughs> you could argue that but you could 100% argue that if if Padme lived on a different planet, if Padme was 5 years younger or if pa- if Padme didn't exist, the Star Wars universe would be a harmonious place. <laughs> You know what? I wasn't even thinking that way, but you are you are making good points for Padme being a con. Um, I'm usually the negative one here, so I like this. I like seeing that Nick, Nick, instead of seeing the good in people, he's like, hold on, dude. Yeah, she might have been queen, senator, a sign of democracy. And oh, by the way, the mother of the Skywalker twins who single handedly saved the universe. But... With hindsight, if she didn't fuck Anakin, we wouldn't have needed, we didn't need the twins to save shit. Because she, through legislation, would would have legislated Palpatine's ass out of the chancellor's seat. Yeah, so I mean, I I do think that like the character of Padme is is obviously a very bright spot. I like how you're thinking. Her her existence alone is Oof. what caused everything that we saw. Okay. The Star well, hey, Wars remember, you're, you're keeping your own scorecard, and you're going to decide for the show what's the bigger hero planet. And I, I think Naboo just took a big hit. Yeah. In Nick's, in Nick's mind, hundred <laughs> percent, a big hit. All right, man. Well, it was the home to Padme, but it's also home to Jar Jar Binks. Are you hero, sure these are pros? Hero of the... <laughs> hold on, let, let me get his, all his accolades out first. Hero of the Battle of Naboo. Helped the Jedi find the Chosen One and the Queen. A galactic senator who tried his best. A Clone Wars hero with Padme thanks to stopping the blue virus plot. He aided in the Battle of Mon Cala. Bringing Gungans to the underwater theater. Mm-hmm. Not done yet. He prevented the fall of Theed in the Clone Wars as well. I mean, come on. We all make fun of him. But Jar Jar did some heroic shit, even though he was pretty much a jerk off while doing it. Fantastic job. Literally <laughs> handing Palpatine the Senate on a silver platter at the end of it. So... Yeah, I, he, uh, okay, that, that is a pro for Naboo, don't know. Well, hey, you're just looking at the big bad mistakes these characters made. You're, you're not taking into account all the good they did before they did the bad. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're definitely with- right, but I do, I do feel like literally handing power to the Emperor that would destroy the galaxy a big negative yeah big, that, that, big that negative. might be a con and I, I didn't list it i didn't list it because i it wasn't his fault i mean they they, <laughs> they 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 set him up i mean what the fuck was padme thinking let letting this dude fill in for her 
when when that, when she had to go hang out with Anakin. So that's like, another strike against Pat. All right, yeah, fuck Pat. Pat Mays a con. God damn it, Nick, you win. All right. Sorry, um, Pat. Pat Mays, you, you talked me into it. I'm I'm keeping Jar Jar as a pro though. I, I don't okay. think I, I don't think it was his his choice. He, the Force willed him to make these bad decisions. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Force wanted it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's All get right. into the. Hold on. The there, there, there's some other. Wait, wait till you see this one. This one's gonna blow your fucking socks off. You ready? The yep. next Naboo pro, Rick Ale and the Amidalans. Okay, they served as an early rebel cell, and they did try to kill Vader with a Sando Aqua monster when he came to Naboo to break into Padme's whatever the fuck those are called sarcophagus. Yeah, I, I do remember you talking about this when you were doing the comic re, uh, like reviews for this part of the Vader run. Um, okay, yeah. So they, so, hey, they you know, they, a, yeah, they were very early into the Rebel Cell movement, right? Yeah. Not only were mm-hmm. they helping Day One Order sixty six, but they continued. They formed their own little cell, and they did try to kill Vader, but he killed pretty much all of them. Yeah. So rest in peace, Rick. <laughs> they tried. They yeah, fucking they, tried. They, they, they A for effort, Rick, in the Amidalans. And sticking with the comics, it was a big run for a while, but we also learned that Padme's handmaidens remained intact yep. as kind of her, her guardians of her, her burial place, but they too were part of the Amidalans in essentially a rebel cell. And just like Rick and his buddies, they tried to kill Vader uh, but what happened here is probably even more of a con. <laughs> yeah, Sabe, gonna... Sabe essentially ended up helping Vader on many missions, killed a lot of people for Vader, and she uh, essentially broke herself by hanging out with Vader and, and uh, disenfranchised herself from the other handmaidens. So, we we um, might be able to call this now. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this Just... might be. <laughs> Naboo's not looking too good. I, I did not put Naboo's best foot forward the more I, I, I fought this out. The, so. I read the end of the sentence like when we first started. I was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. She- <laughs> no, I mean, dude, she literally even kind of turns on the handmaid and she's like, just trust me. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'll be able to kill myself. But then he throws her into an ocean and I really don't know if she's alive or dead. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Special okay. topics, right? People send us what you want us to talk about next week. Okay. All right. Another pro here. And this is a deep cut. I actually thought this came from Battlefront 2, but it looks like it was, it was in some form of a comic. comic. But okay. um, right after the Battle of Endor, yep. Queen Sasha Saruna of Naboo pledged as one of the first planets to join the new republic so 20 days after the fall of empire naboo was like hey we in we in leia and that's because if you remember from the game right there is a level on naboo because palpatine's like hey fuck my home world they Mm -hmm. need to be caught up in operation cinder Uh, but luckily leia showed up there iden showed up there and, uh, you know, we, we, we got shit figured out. But in this comic, Nick, after the queen pledged her loyalty to the New Republic, Leia and Poe Dameron's mom got in some N1 starfighters and flew up there and fucked up some Imperial uh, remnant. So there nice. you go. Nice. That's There's a big good, one. Good, yeah. You, you Early will, adopter of the New Republic. 
All right. So out of the one, two, three, four, <laughs> five I've given you, you've you've agreed with one being a pro. So I like yeah. that. My, I mean, my the Santeca, right. the Santeca clan, I sure. guess, is a positive, <laughs> but they're so uninvolved. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, from what I could gather, dude, it's like they get a lot of love in High Republic, and clearly okay. we don't we don't touch that era. So I was like, may I'll just talk about their buddy Lore Santeca, the old guy who. Really does nothing. But yeah, hey. who gives Poe hey. the USB drive? Here you I, go, I connected. I tried to connect <laughs> the dots. All right, here we go. I, I've I've mentioned this one. This is the genesis of clearly now this stupid bit, but uh, the fact that it was Naboo ready and waiting on that platform to get Keller and Beck led me to believe, like, all right, th- these motherfuckers, they are they are keyed into what's happening. I don't know if it was 3PO, it could have been Jar Jar that alerted him, but the fact that they were willing to risk everything by saving a Jedi on Order 66 day, not just one, but two. Yeah, yep. Pretty impressive. It is. That, that Pre- is pretty heroic. Pretty fucking heroic, right, Nick? That is probably their, like, honestly, that's their best thing so far. Is, right. is, is the we Grogu. We got one. We got one. The, the Grogu save. Um, so yeah, so that's a strong case. All right. For sure. Okay. All right. And, uh, last with the pros here, they did rise up against the first order from what I read. Naboo was in, involved in, in the fight. So I gotta imagine that a lot of other planets were too. So I can't, <laughs> I can't really be like, can't good, job, good job, Naboo yeah. for standing up to the True. organization True. that's trying to kill everybody in the galaxy. Well, because that's just kind of a given. <laughs> but all right. Well, uh, see, hey, this this is why this is fun. I, I put it all out there, and then Nick's just like, whack, 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 stupid, stupid. And he, <laughs> I think he's right, but hey, that that's what makes it fun. This and then what... here here's the only con I came up with. Nick clearly has come up with all my pros are cons for him. <laughs> so he he's killing it on the con game. But here's mine right here. It's very easy if you're in the know. Yep. But Naboo is the birth the birth world of Sheev Palpatine, who, like Nick said, ultimately destroyed the galaxy. Yeah. So, um, I guess we can, can can we still pin it on Padme since he is ultimately the main reason Naboo could be considered a fuck world, or, or is she still culpable because of her poor choices when it came to um, a man's penis? I mean, look. I'm she it's not like she tried to seduce Anakin or anything like that. Yeah, he was pretty creepy she, and, and and straightforward with it. But also like he was significantly younger than her when they first met. Like he was a child and she was at the very least a teenager. I, I um, believe it was fourteen and ten or fourteen and nine, something like that. I think he was yeah, I think he was nine. So like that's a pretty significant age gap. And then, I mean, look, my parents are 10 years separated, but they didn't meet until my, they were both in their twenties and thirties. So it's different. Um, but I, I still do think that Padme knowingly, like you, you literally are the reason why this dude broke all of the oaths that he took as a Jedi and also fell to the dark side and then eventually committed mass genocide against the galaxy. I'm not saying that it's her fault. I'm just saying that 
she didn't help. She, she definitely didn't help. And like <laughs> knowing the tenets of the Jedi Order and then also knowing the volatility of Anakin just as a person, any thought into that would have been like probably not a good idea. Like this is the type of relationship that today would end up on Dr. Phil. Like it would be like TV <laughs> therapist shit. Like, well, Dr. Phil, I met her when she was in high school and I was still in elementary and I loved her. Yeah. And it's like, but you, you were training to be a Jedi and she was a Senator. I know, but all I could think about was looking at her naked titties and I couldn't focus on what Yoda was saying. So yeah, exactly. This is why, (laughs) this is why Padme as a, as a person with values, her values are, are fantastic. The actions that she took, <laughs> n- not really helping the galaxy in any way. I did like, not see Nick pinning the fall of the galaxy on Padme Amidala, but I'm loving it. I think it's I fantastic. Mean, look. AI, maybe, clip hey, this shit. This is a great maybe take if here. Padme wasn't there. <laughs> He would have still found somebody else that he would would have thrown his entire life away for. Like maybe that the, the force had just faded that in there. If it wasn't uh, yeah, he was pretty was fucked up else. just over his mom. So I mean, the dude clearly yeah. had issues when it came to to women he he yeah. loved. So you you yeah. may be right. It, he could have fallen in love with you know the janitor in the Jedi Temple, and yeah, knowing and Anakin, it, he probably would have taken it a little too far. Yeah, still same shit would have happened. But I mean. The intelligence level that Padme has to be like, this is a bad fucking idea from the moment that it started. She tried. She she didn't try enough. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't try enough so much that they got married when he was still a fucking teenager. Like, I think they got married in episode two. And he's, he's what, 16, 17? Um... Now, if we're saying he was nine and Phantom Menace, he would have been 19, 19 in Attack of the Clone. 19. He is a teenager and he is a Jedi trainee, not even a full-fledged Jedi. So you're saying you're she, she groomed him? him then. You're essentially saying Padme was a groomer of Anakin Skywalker. It's There were a lot of bad decisions made on her part <laughs> that really, if oh, she would have just Padme. talked... If she had anybody else to talk to, they would have probably been like, this is a real, like, have you thought about this? Run, get out now. It's a really bad fucking idea. And I just, (laughs) I can't, I can't. Where were you, Sabe? Where were you? What was your purpose, handmaidens? I mean, just, just think about it this way. She was the, she was essential. She was the queen of Naboo. And yeah. this guy was a Jedi trainee. Like, and, that, and then she went from queen to senator. So that would be Nick, like. don't even say he was a fucking slave bum. He was a slave on, child. On a backworld planet. <laughs> like, like, what are you talking about? So it would be like if the vice president of the United States started <laughs> a relationship <laughs> with like. A 17-year-old military trainee. Oh, and, my God. And, like, that is... It's just... It's not okay. It's not okay. 
Like there were there were a lot of signs that this should not have happened. And the fact that she couldn't catch any of them or and nobody told her. And like granted, she couldn't talk to many people about it because he was a Jedi, but there was not a single person that told wow. her, like, man, this is a really, really bad idea. Like this the Jedi shit is one thing, but like you are like this. This was a slave. Like he was a slave kid. You've and been now, grooming this kid since he was nine. What yeah, do you expect, like, Padme? This is, this is not. It was never a healthy relationship. And oh man, nope. Sorry, Padme is. Padme does not help your case for uh, that hey, as a hero planner. I, I love it, man. I, I I can tell you, I did not have Padme as a villain on my Star Wars bingo card ever. <laughs> it's just, but you you make a very compelling argument. Um, uh, so, so I mean, again, back to it is is Padme more at fault or Sheev? for the fall of the galaxy nothing to do with skywalker at this point cuz okay, they so he, they both needed skywalker to essentially kill the galaxy right so, so who exactly so here's the thing <laughs> is we already saw how sheev's plan was going pre anakin and they were wiping out his his fucking apprentices pretty easy like yeah maul got qui-gon but he got killed. Well, he got killed, and then we all know what happened with Maul. Pretend he, killed. In, in, yeah, he got just a flesh he got killed wound. in the just live action wound. stuff. Like yeah, I mean, it, he would never be seen in live action again bro, until I mean, fucking Solo. Come on, anyone can survive getting cut in half. It's yeah, and on. then falling a thousand feet. And, yeah, I mean, it know, makes no sense. problem. They took care of him. They took care of Dooku. If 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 Anakin doesn't fall. Like he comes up with some other piece of shit apprentice and they cut him down again. And like more than likely, if Anakin doesn't fall, Palpatine is just another it's Sith over. name on a wall that like the, the rule of two is still standing around and we're still waiting for yeah, the, he's, the Darth he's calling Bane. Darth Maul back up. He's like, hey, bro, um, I know I know we kind of had a falling out and uh, I even killed your brother and then locked you up. But. You, you want your old spot back? Yeah. It's like, I heard you got robot legs now. Yeah, That's you, great. You, like, you ran Mandalore for a few years. It really sounds like you had some growth, Darth. You want to come back to old Pappy? Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, I do think that if Padme's not there and he doesn't have that, that paramour specifically, and the thing is, is it's specifically that paramour. Like, she is in such a position of power that she cannot disclose this relationship to anybody for fear of her own ruination yeah. as well as his. If he's Man. banging, uh, like you said, if he, if, if Anakin is sleeping with the janitor in the fucking Jedi temple, there are, that shit gets around so fast and people are on it. Like people, like right. all of the Jedi are yeah. on it. Being like, like Look, stop it. We, we, yeah. we can see a dreaming about her, dreaming about her, dying, dreaming about her, mopping the fucking floors. Enough's enough. Yeah. We're going to castrate <laughs> your ass because clearly we can't trust you to not have Jedi wet dreams. Yeah. For Padme, she couldn't say shit because of her position. So, all right. So let's, let's go into that, the, never, let's go into the Alderaan side of things. You know what? I, I know, you know, we're having fun with this, but your point being and and it's validated in Clone Wars season season seven from Maul himself. What what does he tell Ahsoka? 
I did all this to get Anakin here because if Anakin doesn't die, we're all fucked. <laughs> shit's done. Yeah. Because I know exactly what he's being groomed for by my former boss. So Nick, yeah. Nick is right. I mean, with Anakin was the linchpin for Palpatine's ultimate plan. And if he never got him, I think Nick's correct. He he loses. Yeah, he loses straight up. All right. Like it's okay. Over. You hey, <laughs> listen, man. I mean, like you said, I think Na- Naboo's DOA, but we're still going to go through <laughs> through Alderaan's points here. All right. That was fun. Good job, Nick. He, uh, I like that. I mean, he, like a lawyer, came in and just litigated the living shit out of the case that I presented for Naboo. So <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of a fan of this. Maybe we can start doing better or not moving mm-hmm. forward and just see what Nick says to, to my opinions. But here we go. Alderaan tease more than likely the winner of this competition (laughs) after nick just expertly diced apart my argument for naboo all right up first and alderaan obviously they go way way back here Uh, but during the high republic era nick apparently they were such a player in the kind of like the 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 armory for the galaxy that they would lent out ships to other systems to use for mm-hmm. combat like hey don't, we know you're not advanced we're alderaan we'll keep you safe here's our ships so even as way back as a high republic they're already giving to other systems to protect Good. themselves yeah. to defend themselves so sharing their resources that's a big check all right so nick he's already like team alderaan sticking in that air nick they actually got directly involved in the fight against the Nihil after the great hyperspace disaster of the High Republic era. Um, so they, they've never, Alderaan's never really been full-on isolationist or, you know, we don't fight. But they typically would lend resources versus get directly involved. But with the Nihil, they actually... They actually went out there and, yeah. and roughed them up. And yeah. they, like, for those, and, and Nick and I were High Republic stupid as well, but at least the broad strokes, the Nihil, they were the big bad of that era. Yes. It wasn't wasn't Sith or whatnot. It was these, it was like this band of, of pirate special power type of people. Yeah, it's like semi-force sensitive, like right. pirate gang. Okay, so not, not so bad here. That Alderaan, I found out this today, Nick, they're actually a, an original founding world of the Galactic Republic. So before so that, like, yeah. they helped form the, the, the Galactic Republic that we saw fall by the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I mean, that was probably, that was hundreds of years ago. Like, this is probably going back to, I mean, the, the, the formation of the Galactic Republic I wonder if this is post or pre or or like pre Darth Bane timeline because there was like the Republic around, but there was like a huge war and I don't know if there was a reformation, but like that is that that shows like at least, you know, nine centuries, if not more, probably more, um, you know, of of goodwill and faith towards the the Galactic Republic and, and setting the right way for the galaxy. Yeah, yeah so. and, and just always democratic always yeah, about just, democracy having a voice giving people the voice you know the masses rule yeah. shit like that yeah 
That is right, because I, 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 you know, we say Galactic Republic and High Re- High Republic is that's not what the Republic was called. It's called. Just, it's just like the era. It's of, the name of the era. It was the Galactic Republic was still was the still, governing yeah. body. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that that's pretty big shit for Alderaan early on. Mm-hmm. Well, here we go. The more current stuff that people would be familiar with, but it, it's obviously the home of Bale Press Tour Organa. And of course, his his wife, who I have learned, she kind of elevated him, Nick. Brea Organa, she was already kind of in the royalty. Yeah. And apparently they, they have to go through like tests and whatever. But she she brought him on like that. She essentially agreed to to marry him. And, and that's how he got his station. So yeah. Brea was the actual princess and then became queen where he was more her consort, not not like a hoe bag, but w- w- however they died. I don't know if they did like paired marriages or whatnot, but he, he did not come from the royal line. She did. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the know, Organas in general. Huge. Yeah, big positive. It, yeah, well, we'll get into more of Bale's contributions because they are many and they are mm-hmm. huge. Um, you know, clearly we know they also agreed to take upon Leia Skywalker or Leia Amidala Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Which Indeed. turned out to be a, a huge thing for the galaxy. And she even herself, as an Alderaan representative, was early, uh, was involved in the Senate and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Trying to do yep. the right thing. Obviously, we, we know what, what Leia was getting into. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she, she, she became a Jedi, the, the, the hero of, of the rebellion, a general, the defense minister. I mean, she went on to do some decent things thanks to her upbringing on Alderaan. Indeed. All right, moving right, right along. Bail in the Senate. I'm talking like before it was dissolved in A New Hope, like way back before the end of the Clone Wars, was already trying to limit Chancellor Palpatine's powers. All right, remember Bail? Who was the only one upset on that terrace at the end of the Attack of the Clones when the, 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 the Galactic Army was starting to take off? To go enter yeah. into the war in force. It was Bale. He was literally was yeah. pounding it because he's like, fuck, I failed doing it diplomatically. Um, yeah, I mean, he he is definitely like, we don't know too many like big name characters. There's a couple like from from Tatooine or not Tatooine from Alderaan. Sorry. Um but he is like the pair. He's like the one you hold up. And like Leia. Yeah, obviously. But she was the adopted daughter but bail bail is like unassailable like there's no like i can't poke holes in bail like i did with uh <laughs> with padme like he really he saved yoda's fucking life like he's the only reason oh, that yeah, yoda I, escaped I, good one good one i at forgot the end that. of episode three like i mean really nick he's the reason yoda and obi-wan were allowed to reconnect and, and yeah. plan plan what they need to do at the temple and then to go into isolation. So fuck, I forgot that. It's yeah, exactly. Like he took on the, like he took the droids. He took C3PO and R2D2 and stationed them on the TAN of four. Like, you know, like he, he was essentially like, was the one that ensured the survival of the Jedi almost more than, than, uh, than Yoda and Obi themselves. You once again have made a fantastic point. You were right. Uh, Bail Organa should get more credit for the Jedi Order being able to persist than Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Luke Skywalker put together. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, it's crazy. a chicken egg thing. Like if 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 Bale doesn't do what he did on Coruscant, it, it's game over. It's it's done. Yeah. I mean, Yoda's probably dead or like may get away, but is like really in a hard spot. Obi-Wan. He's turning tricks on like level thirteen thirteen on Coruscant. Yeah, it's is what like Yoda's if you're doing. Yoda, if you're Yoda and you don't have Bale there to pick you up and you're stuck on that planet, there's only Two of you now we know. Three if you count Yaddle, but who the fuck knows ha- what happened to her? Oh, she she's dead by now. Remember, Dooku yeah, she, c- kills her during even oh, before yeah. the Clone Wars, I believe. Yeah. So like you're on you. How do you get off of Coruscant? Everybody knows what you look like. Right. You're 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 fucking Yoda. You've yeah. you've lived on Coruscant for hundreds of years. Yeah. Hundreds of years. So yeah, I mean that that's he he would be sitting down there all homeless like that clone in Kenobi, like I suck dick for credits. He's he's <laughs> he's no longer you know he's no longer giving sage advice. He's just like yeah, I said, like, he's he's trying to make a buck so he can eat, get a death stick here or there. Oh yeah, uh, that is a great point. I, I'm surprised I I forgot that one. All right, good good job there, Nick. Another one, and hey, look, Bale's in this one too. This is coming from, I believe, Clone Wars. But in Clone Wars, I don't know if it's an episode or an arc, but 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 Alderaan was used, Nick, to host a war refugees conference and then housed most of the refugees that the CIS kind of kicked off their home worlds during the Clone Wars. This guy, yeah, I mean, perfect example of their willingness to take in refugees, people in need during a time of crisis in the galaxy. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously it, it's a, almost like huge... Alderaan was based on the ideals of America. Yeah. <laughs> before the MAGA movement came through. Kind of. It seems like it. Yeah. Cause, like cause we... apparently we're, we're no longer the country that wants to accept your, your weak, your weary and all that shit. We're like, fuck you. If you ain't a white Christian, die. Because that's what Jesus taught us in the Bible, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what's... Like, Amer- America like Jesus, now. is a, he's a wild motherfucker, man. Like, like Republican Jesus, he is something. And there is a skit about this. I, I, I don't know if it's GOP Jesus or Republican Jesus. Go look at it. It's a hilarious bit that just kind of plays some of their rhetoric against them. Because, you know, they are the Christian party. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, listen, Alderaan, they, they, they had that, that America vibe. Like, listen, we, we are here for you. We will take care of you. We want you to do well and give you a democracy to thrive in. All right. Mm-hmm. Moving down the timeline here. You see how I at least kept things in the timeline a bit? Mm-hmm. Here, here's another one. I mean, shit. Nick reminded me, not only did Bale save the Jedi and get him off of Coruscant, but if it weren't for Bale Organa, Obi-Wan Kenobi himself is probably still putzing around in a cave on Tatooine, feeling all down and out because he, he, he failed in life. Right? Yeah. It, it was Bale showing up. Literally, it took him to fly to Tatooine, risk everything, risk Leia, his, his, what he's doing with the rebels, what he's doing in the Senate, to be like, hey, dickhead. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Leia has been kidnapped. Yeah, that one. The one you made me fucking take. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting here crying in a cave. Yeah. Get your ass out there. Rejoin the galaxy. Find your purpose. And that's exactly what happened. And Luke Skywalker needed to have a Bail Organa in his life. 
Yeah. Because he really didn't have one. No. He had a bunch of idiots. I mean, he did. Like, Obi-Wan, we all love him. Old man Obi-Wan is not the same guy anymore when you think about young Obi-Wan. Yeah. I mean, he is yeah. not this sage dude. He's he's manipulating Luke, more or less, telling him shit from a certain point of view. He's a fucking shady dude. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. He got fucking brain scrambled by the sons, the twin sons yeah, of Tatooine. He's all and- fucking lazy until Bale came in and said, wake up! Yeah. Get on it. Let's go. Your, your, your mission's not done yet, dickhead. Remember those two babies you made us take? Well, they're, they're starting to grow, and you know what their dad was capable of. You might want to fucking, might want to get off your ass. Quit yeah. feeling so sorry for yourself. So, big moment there by Bale again. The hero of Alderaan. All right. Hey, we're still talking about Bale mm-hmm. fucking Organa, but he is Alderaan, at least from what we've been presented in Star Wars. Yeah. But but not only with, with Mon and Padme back in, in the Galactic Senate days did they just start talking about, hey, how can we curb Palpatine's power? We need to start thinking about this. But once everything seemed lost, the Empire took over, it was reigning supreme. What does he do? He gets down with Mon and is like, let's go. Let's go. Rebel Alliance time. We need to do some shit. All these pussies sitting around here telling us we shouldn't go after Scarif. We got to get some shit done. And sure enough, Mon's like, yeah, you're right. Go call that Obi-Wan dude that you used to talk to as well because we're going to need him. And yeah, we're going to do this. So, I mean, he's not only was he trying to, to, to stop Palpatine before he became emperor, but as Emperor, was Bale was trying to take him out. Yeah, yeah. Even after he became Emperor, Emperor still fucking trying to take him out. Yeah, a I, true a true dog, as we like to say. Oh, yeah. All right, sticking with our Alderaan, Alderaan pros. And I'm using a graphic of, of Leia's Star Wars Rebels debut. But really, Nick, this is to highlight how Alderaan, through Bale, was supplying munitions and ships and gear to the Rebel cells while he was still an active senator in the Galactic Senate. So pretty, pretty ballsy shit. He's sending his, his adopted daughter to do this shit for him because he knows he's too closely watched. Mm-hmm. But that, that, again, that just shows you how much Bale, as an Alderanian, felt the need to help the greater good, to fight for freedom, to fight for democracy, to fight for I, the small man. I like how not only... Is this argument way better? But this isn't even an argument about Alderaan versus Naboo. This is just Bail Organa versus, Bale versus Naboo. the galaxy. And and Bail Organa <laughs> is kicking the shit out of Naboo. It's not even close. Right, <laughs> it's fair, not even hey, close. Fair enough. Like I said, we're <laughs> laughing, we're having fun. It was still worth my time. But yeah, you 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 completely obliterated my Naboo argument. And you're correct. I, I will sit there and tell you, yes. It's not even close, but let's not spoil the the final pick here. All right. Yes. Okay. This one, you might, if you're on the live stream, you're going, hey, Matt, that's Alderaan about to get blowed up. Why is that a pro? Well, hear me out. The fact that the entire planet got exploded is a pro because that is what finally got the galaxy to go, holy shit. Holy shit. The Emperor's willing to do this if a planet, quote-unquote, acts out of line? 
yeah, we need to do something about this. It, it, it became the rallying cry for the galaxy. Like, all, remember Alderaan mm-hmm. for Alderaan. Its destruction 100% juiced the Rebel Alliance and gave them that final kick off the cliff and the Death Star plans to kind of make their moves. And, and you'll see it. I mean, Alderaan blowed up. What happens next? Death Star blowed up. Skywalkers join the Rebel Alliance in full. We start to build momentum. We have a bit of a hiccup on Hoth. By the end, though, we have a plan of hope. And then we win. So, yes. Alderaan getting exploded is both a pro and Nick a con. Mm -hmm. I'll get there. But first, I put this one up there for you because I knew you would like this one. (laughs) And for all the... uh, the incel bros out there in the far right. But yes, Cara Dune, as an Alderanian, makes the pro list. I, yeah, I mean, she definitely helped she, out. The rebel shock trooper, right? She was special. She was a special yeah. unit. She did some shit. She saved our boy Din, which yeah. means she also helped our other boy Din, the Dins, right? Din 1 and Din 2. Yep. I think everyone forgets that Grogu's not Grogu anymore, right? Din he's, Grogu. He's Din, Din, Din Grogu. Grogu. Let's see how long they stick to that because nobody's going to Yeah, no. no I mean, they, they're going to be calling him Grogu episode one of season four, 100%. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hey, listen, I mean, real person aside, Cara Dune, you know I, know, I know a lot of you thought she was one of the best characters ever in The Mandalorian. I never saw that, but... Um, I, I did had to tip my hat to her because she did come from Alderaan. She survived. She was a survivor and obviously did some big things for the galaxy during the the uh, the rebel war and after. Thanks to linking up with the Mandalorian. Indeed. Indeed. So and like I said, uh, the, the getting exploded was also a con because literally this planet that did so much good and righteousness for the galaxy gets utterly destroyed the moment before the good guys start to see some victory and the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. No, I think that you did a really good job of putting the destruction as both a pro and a con, because I really do think that like that was (laughs) like, that was the level like Alderaan getting exploded, getting absolutely annihilated was the escalation that the rebels needed to be like, okay, we can't, this is not a a wait and see anymore. This isn't like, let's slowly build up our forces. This is go time now. Like this is no more fucking around. We know what this can do. They have a Death Star. Yeah. It's not like (laughs) there was no questions about functionality or operational status anymore. It is let's, let's fucking go blow this thing up. And that's what got him motivated. Um, I really do think that you did a a good job of pulling together like some different, you know, aspects of these planets and making cases for them, <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's not you know, it's not when close. it's, when it's clear, it's clear and it's pretty clear that it's Alderaan. Like, uh, if anything, if Naboo didn't exist, the, the galaxy as a whole would probably be a better place. <laughs> Just straight up. If Naboo wasn't oh, there, because Naboo also, what, what, 
They caused shit with the trade disputes, yeah. and I know that was all orchestrated by Palpatine. But, but guess what? That's because that it was his trade, planet. It was his planet, yeah. so he picked it. And that trade dispute is what fucking snowballed into the yeah. CIS war against the Republic and all of that. So honestly, if 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 one of those planets was gonna get nuked, probably should have been Naboo. Oh, <laughs> Oh my God! Nick's so anti Naboo. He wants just, to redirect the Death Star's laser at yeah, the blue planet. I, I did over. remember one pro. I don't think this is going to change your mind. Mm-hmm. But who else is from Naboo that we completely forgot about and is a bigger hero than really any of the original trilogy characters? Oh geez, now what, who is it? Anybody? R two D two. What, but what, like he was, ma- I guess he was, he was made on Naboo. You're yeah, right. He was, yeah. he was in her fleet and really we, we yeah. need him. And, and really, I guess you could even hate R2 because if, if he wouldn't have saved them escaping the, the blockade, then sh- yeah. they all would have died. And like you said, then it's over. So it's over. I guess he gets lumped in with, with Padme, right? Exactly. Why <laughs> couldn't you be worse at your job? Just let these fuckers die. Right. And then we're fine. But R2, <laughs> no. like, like R2, 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 if you think yeah. about it, I mean, he is the reason the Rebels won. Like, yeah. like, like if he didn't take that bullet for Luke, Vader probably would have hit Luke's canopy and he would have bigsed out yeah. and exploded. I, I mean, never, yeah, I never considered him from Naboo, but you are right. I don't know if he was made there, but he was a <laughs> gift from the Naboo royalty. I yeah. tried. I, I mean, I knew I didn't have a chance. <laughs> Naboo clearly lost here. Nick would make a great lawyer because he, I mean, he definitely took my case and shredded to pieces. And, and he was right. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, I really did. When I first came up with this idea many months ago, I was like, hey, th- this could be a good debate. I do think they're on even footing. And it's not even close. <laughs> it's not I even close. Ne- Naboo yeah. is it's it's worse for the galaxy than Tatooine. Like, yeah, it, I it, mean, it, probably bad. so. It is bad. You, you know. are right. Hey, Devin, we did, we did, don't worry, Jar Jar got his due. He, Jar Jar got his due. He was made a pro, and I actually convinced Nick that Jar Jar could stay a pro because he was kind of manipulated by everybody else, but. Exactly. He um, was, he was put in a poor position by Padme Amidala, potentially the worst person to ever live in the galaxy. I was going to say, just don't tell your buddy SW Props, who's a big Padme fan, because Nick was flamethrowing her ass today, making some good points. Go go back and listen to it. She she made a lot of bad decisions in her life. Oh my goodness. And those bad decisions became even worse decisions for the entire galaxy. What a man. He's he's got no empathy for what Padme I got to call it how I see it. He essentially... And listen, we want you to go re-listen to everything. Anybody, if you're just tuning in now, go rewind this. But Nick has made the case that Padme is more responsible for the fall of the galaxy than Sheev Palpatine himself. And you might sit there and laugh, but he he had some very, very valid points. Look, we're, we're, we're about to get into our fan segment here and... Seeing the answers ahead of time, man, it seems like everybody, I hope that I can change some minds here because I feel like if people just listen to that, se- no, yeah, that it, section, you got they me, may man. change like, their, like, their mind. The, what you did to my Naboo arguments, I'm like, why did I even ever think Naboo was a, was a hero planet? He's right. Like it's a fuck. The only really heroic thing they did was save Grogu and Kelleran back. <laughs> that is the, that is it. like their their key achievement. Uh, yeah. It was also it was also oh where, no they joined the New Republic early too. There you go. They joined they joined the New Republic early. Yeah. <laughs> no. 
uh-oh, with, with props is upset at me because of revenge. Don't worry, I got a lot of people. They're like, old man yelling at clouds. I got some all sorts of ages shit thrown at me uh, last week when I put my... <laughs> I think I've got another Rots clip to put up from our show last week. But no one's ever going to change my mind. They're, they're all like, well... What about his dreams or what about Palpatine's stories? It's like, how does that reflect what Anakin's doing or, or feeling or nothing? It makes him look even weaker that a dream and, and, and Palpatine give him some horseshit story that he's like, oh, yeah, fuck all this. I'll throw away everything and, and, and turn to the di- hey, come on. Stop it, people. <laughs> I get it. You were young when you watched it. Some of you might not even been young when you watched it. You just didn't understand what was happening. The movie is fun. It looks neat. Has fun action. Nick loves it, but Anakin's okay. Anakin's fall is bullshit. I'm sorry. All right, there we go. Okay, <laughs> thanks for playing, everyone. That was fun. That good, was fun. good times there. But as Nick said, it's time to get into this week's fan segment. That's right. We're the only Star Wars fan podcast to dedicate a segment to its own fans, which are few and far between. But we love you. We see you, and we dedicate this stuff to you. Um, I just spoiled the top five. Sorry about that. I scrolled real oh, quick. Oh. But <laughs> before we get to the top five, we always do the question of the week. And this week, you know, we, we, we got a few of you, usually the regulars, because I just don't think Instagram share, displays our content to anyone. So don't forget, follow at StarWarsTime.show for question of the week. Turn on notifications for our account. You got to do something or at least go through our feed and like everything. So the algorithm's like, okay, this human might like this account. I'm going to start showing them that content. But this week, Nick, we kept the, uh, the question in line with one of our topics. We asked the fans, what or which planet is a bigger hero planet? Just kind of like what Nick and I did. And once I get things flipped around, we will talk about it yes all right here we go got it all right so to kick off the responses for our bigger hero planet naboo or alderaan we got our boy jared at sir.dork on instagram and he says naboo home of the galaxy's greatest hero jar jar binks and you know we i don't jared i don't know if jared was was here for our conversation but I will just say, Jar Jar is neither hero nor villain, but he was definitely led astray in key moments during the, uh, especially the final moments of the of the Republic. So, um, but Jared's answer is Naboo. Uh, next up, Galaxus Rax picks says Naboo as well. Damn, I hope they all That's tune what I'm in. I hope they all tune in because you. You flamethrow it. I mean, it's, it's I not really, even close. And I wasn't trying. I didn't go into it like, well, Naboo's a shitty planet. No, I was just like, I, I just no. like took your points and I was like, let's really look at these points in depth. No, <laughs> like, you're, hey, listen, I'm, I, you know me. I mean, usually if I, I think you're wrong, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. You, you laid down the case and <laughs> I lost. Like I fucking, I did not prepare my case for Naboo quite well at all. So, uh, and I just, so Rippic Tan also says tough one, but I'm going with Naboo. You said thinking Alderaan is greater than the Gungans? <laughs> not to Nick. Yeah, not to me. <laughs> uh, Mando Mugsach says Alderaan was sacrificed for the, the rebellion with no warning. I'm not sure if that's heroic or terrorism. And this is what I said at the beginning of 
the the segment is that people really don't know shit about Alderaan. Like they only know that Alderaan was the planet that got blown up in the beginning of episode four. And now they, they're like, oh, we got a little bit of Alderaan stuff from Clone Wars and then from Obi-Wan series. So I just don't think that people know enough about Alderaan to actually make a decision. I didn't either, but I went to Wikipedia, so. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Scissor Me Xerxes, he says, you could say Naboo because Alderaan doesn't exist anymore. Alderaan might be more of a martyr planet than a hero planet anyway. And again, like that, just people only know Alderaan because it got blown up. Everyone, everyone forgets about Bale, huh? And, and what, yeah, Bale, and nobody, Bale nobody's did. thinking of fucking Bale Organa. All right. Uh, Nova, Toymation, and he's in the chat. He says, Naboo, homeworld of my hero, Palpatine. Oh, Which a, one, Ray or or Sheev? <laughs> what they or, got? or aborted clone three, oh, yeah. Sheev's son. Yes, one of those. We call him Test Tube. <laughs> Uh, Mando Pirate says Naboo, and then wow. Zeta underscore SW also says Naboo. They got General Binks, of course. I'm telling you, I, I strongly urge all of you to just, if you just got here late, go back and listen to the segment where we're talking sense. about all of the all of the pros and cons for Naboo, and just hear my arguments, and then get back to me on what you think after that. Yeah, yeah he, um, he's not wrong, and you you know here. I mean, listen, this is the guy that loves being right especially on this show and about Star Wars. And I, I lost miserably today with Naboo. It, it wasn't even close. So he ain't kidding. Any of you that, that got your comment featured, we'd love for you to re-listen or listen to the segment and let us know what you think now. Has Nick changed your mind like mine? Although I, I was going to lean Alderaan anyways, because yeah. at least I, I remembered a lot of the Bale stuff. I didn't know the early stuff and how they were always involved in democratic yeah. type of shit but yeah nick really yeah. made the case was, for naboo being a villain planet more than anything <laughs> i mean for and then like an uh, like for alderaan too like if you go back to the old like the star wars the old republic mmo video game like that was one of the hero planets in there that like you could only travel to if you were on the light side if you're playing light side characters and stuff so there was a lot of like that I think Alderaan just has a longer history of doing good than Naboo does. And especially towards that movie timeline, Naboo gets real squirrely. So well, I, uh, I, I know, I know Padme's your number one uh, villain that came from Naboo, but they also had Palpatine. So. Palpatine also bad. He but was they, a bad dude too, but, but Amidala <laughs> unquestionably bad for the galaxy. What a demon. Yeah. Unquestionably bad for the galaxy if you look at her track record. <laughs> so uh, um, Padme, Padme. Good Padme. stuff there. That was that was super fun. Um for next week's special topic, we have a couple that, that Matt still has pinned, but we'll see if there's any uh if there's anything else that pops up or if there's anything that you guys want to talk about. Um, before yeah, we don't forget either drop time. them right here in the stream, DM us in on our, Instagram or TikTok. In our, There's some uh, people Discord. Join yeah, our the, Discord. The, the Discord's there. open, and because even though the strike's over, it, it's not like they're gonna be like, oh, skeleton crew trailer tomorrow. So that type of content is still gonna be kind of in the Delayed void a bit, right? But so I'm liking the special topic type of shit. Gives me something to think about. Whip up some poorly made graphics and. And have Nick shit all over my my case, but I like that. That's good. Okay, it's good. Hey, 
So send, send us what you want. Otherwise, we're going to keep rolling with the dumb ideas that I come up with and write in my little notepad because I'm a crackhead. <laughs> but Nick, it is time yes. for the top five. That's right. We do the top five every week on Monday over on StarWarsTime.net. Young Nick selects his top five that he chooses from our tagged shots on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram... If you tag at Star Wars Time Show in anything you share Star Wars related, be it art you've created, you've sculpted, you've tattooed on yourself, toys you've bought and taken images of, we want to see it. And the best way to do that is to tag at Star Wars Time Show. So add tag Star Wars Time Show. And we still want you to keep using hashtag Star Wars Time Show. So what I will do is I will scan the feeds I'll look all over the place. I'll, I'll put out a reel each day to honor some shots. And then Nick, every Monday, sits down with his stogie and a hot toddy and goes through the tagged accounts only to choose his top five, which I actually think has been working out great because you get a nice spread from the both of us. It's no oh, yeah. longer like, here, Nick, look at these to pick. Nick's like, no, I'm going to fucking look at the people that listen and follow the rules. And he always comes up with shots that I may have missed, and I kind of dig that. So... Here we go. This week's top five chosen by young Nick himself. Yes. Kicking off with at wanna be like Mike, wanna underscore B underscore like underscore Mike on Instagram. And this shot honestly like super reminded me of some Sir Dork work right up front. Oh yeah. Look at that. Um, because Jared incorporates his, his cats into his shots and stuff sometimes too. But what we see here is uh, Din Djarin feeding a large beast creature that looks like a dog in real life uh, by throwing him treats up, but it looks like one of the treats uh, had Grogu attached to it. So he like tosses the treat and Grogu up at the same time. And now the dog is coming in to take a big bite out of Grogu. Um, I just like one, I thought that the shot was super creative and two, like the blur effect on the dog and how everything looks so cool um, with the post-processing stuff on this, on this shot really made it stand out on the feed for me, for sure. I, I have a feeling, and this is why we love Jared, AKA at Sir Dork, that a lot of his disciples ultimately cross over to us through Jared, either through, you know, he does his videos every week, gives him prompts, but you know, Jared always stumps for us, uses the tag, but I have seen a lot of these low follower accounts getting, you know, upstarts in toy photography shown up in the feed. Now I can only think that that's credit to our boy at Sir Dork. So let's pump up at wanna underscore B underscore like underscore Mike. Let's get this, let's get this account some juice. I mean, 23 likes for this shot's bullshit. Yeah, no, this is a super fun shot. And even if you look at the the rest of their work on their feed, I mean, wannabes legit, man. I've I've been I've been featuring them in our daily reels for probably the past month or two. And it's just I don't know. I I, I think they're caught in the conundrum of, of new Instagram. It's just it's very hard to break through the algo these days and actually have your content show up. So that's why it's important, people be like wannabe. Tag us. You can't just rely on hashtags and defeat anymore. That's um, right. But seriously, if you're not following Wanna Be Like Mike, hit them up. Give them a follow. Uh, you can tell they're learning from the masters and, and executing pretty well. Yeah. So good stuff there. 
Next up in the top five is Howard Lee 0615. And this shot from Howard Lee is, is really awesome because of how he brings the fire to life. So what we see is a shot of a stormtrooper or a clone trooper coming through a very small opening, but also just getting absolutely roasted by a flamethrower. He's, He's coming through. He's like got his gun out, firing off his last shots. I can imagine him yelling for the Republic as he goes down. But it, it is really a cool shot. That's just like such a small slice of this image, but really like evokes emotion, does a really good job of like bringing the fire to life and you can you can see the last moments of this clone trooper's life happening right in front of your eyes. Really awesome stuff. Yeah, and it looks like Howard is using the the tried and true cotton ball trick to make a practical explosion. I have the uh, BTS pulled up right now in case anyone's mm-hmm. interested. Yep. This is something if I ever get back to it, I, I need to make one of those balls. It's so cool. You just take cotton balls, kind of color them black a little bit, shove an orange gel light under there, and you have a practical boom boom. Um, so good job there from Howard I or L I as Nick said zero six one five. Good stuff. Next up in the top five, one of our most loyal followers. Oh, I know he was bummed he had to go to bed because he yeah. Tones loves when he gets the pick. So Tones one one three eight. We know or you know it. We love you. Uh, Tones is shot here from ROTJ fortieth anniversary makes the top five and it's a really great portrait shot focused on Darth Vader specifically during the duel with his son in the throne room on Death Star 2 at the end of ROTJ. Um, I think Tones did a really great job of getting the lighting perfectly on Vader's mask. You have some of the green light from Luke's uh, saber, some of the red light from his saber, especially like also on his pauldrons. The uh, like having the window lined up in the background was fantastic too. Just a really solid, menacing portrait style shot here of Vader. I, I, I mean, really, teacher. Nick, it it kind of took me back to when we first found Tones all the all those years ago. Because mm-hmm. how I kind of linked into his account is, if you're an old guy like a lot of you people keep telling me I am because of my thoughts on rots, you'll you'll remember Topps trading cards, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and they had them for Star Wars. I remember getting the packs with the little gum in it and all that type of shit. So Tones has uh, he rec- recreates that using toys and photography. So he actually puts like a like a a, 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 a tops card template around the image, and and it's done in the font. It looks just like it, but it's called Tones One One Three Eight instead of Tops Cards. I I just like that. And he does these tributes, and this one happens to be the fortieth tribute to ROTJ. So. He's got another 20 or so cards left in the series, but you know, I just, I, 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 I like this concept that Tones does love this Darth Vader figure, even though putting his arms on or his hands is probably harder than flying a rocket to Mars. <laughs> but, hey uh, man, T- Tones snapped him on and they look well, really, he, he can come really across really. the fucking pond and do it to mine. Cause I finally got all my shit back <laughs> on my shelves, Nick. And I still can't get this dude's hands to put on, so you know what he looks like? His his cape just comes across his whole body, and yeah, his little stumpy no-hand arms are tucked in there. And it's just like, fuck you, Darth. I love you. You're a great figure, but your arms suck. Yeah. 
Oh, real Do quick. I, I I know we're we're doing all right on time. Real quick, and this is a, more of a PSA for my fellow collectors and, and consumers in general because. I really do feel like as time passes, we are just letting big business run over us more and more than we ever have. I mean, the fact that we still have crazy inflation and ridiculous prices on certain goods is ridiculous. I just want everyone to know that. The economy's doing well, okay? Unemployment's down. New jobs are being added. Businesses are taking advantage of us because we're consumers. We're trained to buy, buy, buy. We don't, we're just like, oh, I need this. I'll pay. Who gives a fuck? Here's the point. Back to toy photography and Star Wars. I spend a shit ton of money with Sideshow Collectibles every year. We know this, right, Nick? I mean, we talked about it. I've yeah, got, you do. Essentially, I could, I could own a car at this point in time. No joke. Down, not even down payment. Here's cash for a vehicle. So, my arm was broken over the summer. I got a bunch of new figures in. I couldn't open them because I physically could not hold the boxes. I just got to a point where I could open some. One being the Bespin Luke Deluxe Edition from Empire Strikes Back. So I take it out, Nick. I'm like, oh, he looks great. I'm fondling him like I fondle all my dolls. <laughs> and I start to look. I'm like, what? Something is off. What's wrong, Luke? And I look. They didn't fucking include the belt. All right? Oh, no. Okay, here, here. I'll, for show and tell, I'll, I'll show everybody. Look, here he is right here. There he is. Bespin Luke, no belt. So he, he looks like he's in an institution, right? He, he looks like he's in a prisoner outfit. It just doesn't work. Kills the figure. I email Sideshow. I'm like, hey, listen. I got this in, in July. Just opened it now because of an injury. Can, we, can you send a replacement belt? Brand new, right? I just opened it up. I get a reply on Monday. It essentially says, hey, Matt. Uh, sorry to hear about your luck, but go fuck yourself. We have a 30-day policy. We saw that we shipped this in July. It's your fault that you took so long to open it. You're not getting shit. Have fun with your dumbass broken Luke that you won't even display because it's not complete. So I was like, all right, well, that's not what I was looking for. I was hoping they would just look at my account and go, oh, wow, shit. This is a whale. We probably should just do the right thing. So no, I had to break out the Karen and this is the lesson, people. You need, everyone needs to start doing this when you feel like you're getting up the butt by a company. And I said, I'm like, okay, I understand your policy. But if you choose your policy, I will, without a second thought, cancel my 15 open pre-orders that total almost $4,000 for you. And I will eat the non-refundable deposit just to know that I am taking that, those sales away from you and future sales. And I said, I, hey, if you want to stick to your policy, I respect it. But I've been a customer for years. I bought 85 fucking figures for you that total over a, a car. And you're going to give me shit over not opening my stuff within 30 days? I'm like, all right, let that go. I was, I was feeling huffed up. This was all in the Discord, so why people should join. And then today, Paul, the director of support for Sideshow, emails me and says, oh, hey, Matt, thanks for your follow-up. We're going to now go ahead and send you a brand new Deluxe Bespin Luke free of charge. You don't even have to send us the old one back. And here's a promo code for 25% off your next order. Hey. And he's like, if you still want to cancel your orders, we understand. You can call and we'll go through that, but we hope that... 
you know, you'll, you'll, you'll stick with us now. And I was like, I reply, I say, Hey Paul, you know what? I really appreciate that offer. I think that's a, a, a great thing for you all to do. It's the right thing to do. So you know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and, and keep my business with you all moving forward. But did we really need to do that dance, my friends? Yeah, did it, did it mean, have to come to, as Bat was calling it, the Karen moment? Well, like, I'm a, I spent this much money. I'm a customer. Customer's always right. It's just like, don't, don't be abused by people you give your hard-earned money to, okay? In the yeah. end, they need us more than we need them. And they realize that it was, it, it's worth sending me $300 to keep almost 4000 okay? Yeah. Yeah. I Sorry mean, that's about a that, pretty Nick. Clear. Sorry, I, I know we got to go, but I, I, I had to get that <laughs> out there. No, that's a good lesson. Like if, if somebody's trying to screw you, especially on something like that, that's very clear. Don't just accept the first yeah, no. And, but you know people do, and that's why prices keep going up and we keep getting worse quality goods because we just all sit there like oh spoon feed us your product yeah okay 100 yeah, sorry about that right. so that's at tones 1138 moving on to the next one next one is oh, kill Jesus, cutter so photo cool. i mean kill cutter is just like on another level with some of these shots and this is for yeah. sure one of them conceptually so what and execution i just wanted to add that in. yeah 100%. And this is a crossover shot between Star Wars and Marvel. So right in the Disney family, if you look in the background, you can see some Mickey ears. No, I'm just kidding. You can't. Um, I was looking. But, I was like, shit, he found an like, Easter really? egg that I didn't. No. <laughs> no. Uh, but what we see is uh, Hulk and Vader fighting on a snowy mountain. Vader has just completely behanded, uh, cut his hand, like cut that. Hulk's hand off. And you see it laying there on the ground. Hulk has then smashed the uh, the chest control panel on Vader's suit, but is also lamenting the loss of his hand. It's just a fucking amazing looking shot uh, from Kill Cutter. And it really just shows the level of of like photography that he's at in his his career right now is just super impressive, super impressive stuff. So. I, you know, we, we used to do the Marvel versus Superman and I'm sorry, Marvel mm. versus Star Wars. And I, I know there's been like Hulk versus Superman who'd win. And people are like, oh, Hulk would because every time Superman would hit him, he'd just make him stronger from the damage and making him angry. And I've always been like, no, I mean, I love Hulk, but he, he's a big, dumb ope. And someone like Vader, I, I think, could take out Hulk in two seconds. Yeah, I do think that like the only chance that Hulk would really have is if he surprised Vader and just like if some him, like just yeah like like instant Hulk smash from behind right exactly like because if Vader sees it coming there's no shot yeah just suspend him and and lightsaber throw at his body over and over until like his guts start spilling out yeah or I, I guess someone that, will like, tell me that the Hulk skin is impenetrable and a lightsaber wouldn't cut it I don't know I. Yeah, I don't know, because I, I know that, like, we've seen in the movies that his skin is impenetrable to bullets, and, like, he's gotten hit with, like, a fucking missile and been fine. I don't I don't know the cross-universe, multiverse fucking hey, effects of a lightsaber on him, but... It doesn't matter. We're, we're in the Star Wars time show universe. Hulk loses. Hulk loses, for Done. sure. So. Done. Uh, kill cutter photo with another amazing shot here. If you're not already following kill cutter photo on instagram yeah, make sure killer. you do it it's killer shit. all of his shots are a fucking treat so 100 there there you go and then 
to close out the top five for this week, we have at Sentimental Scoundrel. And what we have here is a shot of older man Luke. And it looks like he's making his way across the craggy outcrops of rock on Acto as he, uh, you know, sequesters himself to isolation from the galaxy. I really do think that this was a fantastic job of posing the figure. And I'm not sure if this is completely like the, the environment that he was in or if sentiment, sentimental scoundrel was able to like piece together, like this environment with something else for the background. That's a good, it is like, did they put some practical stuff in there to make it look like it's bleeding into the digital background or are they, I mean, they've got a Kala Kanyet location marked. I don't know where the fuck that is or what it is. So we'll just say, yeah, Hey, it's real. Fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) But I think the shot itself and like, if you pull up Kala Kanyet, what you'll see is a bunch of pictures of women in uh, bikinis because it seems like it's it's a beach destination. Maybe it is then. But yeah, I mean, it's very, very uh, pretty and like there is. Okay, yeah, here we go. Nick, if we were intelligent, we could just read shot on location at Cañet de Mar, Rosamar, Garona, Spain. Look at that. If I would have just read the caption, like you said, but do all foreign countries have like 45 names for a location, by the way? I think it's like province and then something else, too. Yeah. So it's Cañet de Mar, Rosamar, Girona, Spain, Spain. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think like city and then prov like town, like Girona, it may be the province. That's one thing we got right. Fuck it. We we do that better than the rest of the world. You just, you you got your town, (laughs) state, country. That's all you need. Yeah. So, but yeah, this shot here from Sentimental Scoundrels, just fantastic. And that's a little boy. Capturing. That's a tiny figure. Oh, that's the 375. Yep. Yeah. No. Capturing the, the, the visage of, Luke, I imagine this may be the first time that he arrived on Acto. He just parked Red yeah, 5 right. under he, the water yeah, he right just there. Dunked it. He just dunked it and he, he com- swam out. There you go. Yeah, he comes out and he's like, well, this is where, this is going to be my home for a long okay. time now. I got so. that. I get that story for sure. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely uh, awesome looking shot from sentimental underscore scoundrel on the Instagrams. Make sure to follow all of the people that we just mentioned in the top five this week. But that is it. That's the end of the top five. And that's the end of our show for this week. So, Matt, why don't you go ahead and close us out? All right, my friends. It's been real. Hopefully you enjoyed this week's special topic, even though it completely went off the rails the moment Nick saw my case for Naboo. But, (laughs) hey, that's the fun. Keep having fun with us. And to do that, you just need to head on over to StarWarsTime.net. Make sure you're looped into all of the platforms you need to stay in the know with the SWTS show. So over there, you can find all the links to our podcast platforms, our socials. So, you know, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. We even have a nice, easy little button there in the sidebar. If you just click subscribe, it'll loop you in to the best most unlistened to Star Wars fan podcast on the tube. You know what I mean? So don't forget, StarWarsTime.net. There's always time for Star Wars time. Next week is Thanksgiving week, so I don't think we're doing a live, but we will be releasing mm-hmm. episode three of Scoundrels of the New Republic, starring right. myself, Nick as the Dungeon Master, Sir Dork, who's in our uh, chat right now, as Sirt. Dorketh. Dorkoth. Dorkoth. Yes. 
and then uh, one six sh- uh, shooter as Zavu, uh, my nemesis within my own party, because <laughs> Chief Matlu is a little fucking hairy shithead. The, the relationship dynamic as the as the show goes on will be interesting between you two. How like which one of does one give? Does, does it stay? It's going to be really yeah, just, interesting to see well, how you guys. Well, yeah, yeah, this one's very interesting. Let's just say I, I made Nick's job very hard because I, I turned hard right mm-hmm. off of his intended script and he kind of had to had to account for that. But that that's kind of the programming next week is probably going to be scoundrels unless something crazy pops up that will require myself to maybe get on live and waste some of my life. More than likely, um, you'll get the Star Wars time show as is two weeks from now, so the week after Thanksgiving. But as always, keep tuned into our platforms because you're going to get content every single day, even if you don't get a live show next week. You're going to get the scoundrels. You're going to get our clips from this week's show. Two weeks back, last week, you never know. I'll probably send out some stuff that makes you hate me even more than you already do. All right, everyone, there's always time for Star Wars time. Don't you forget it. And if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you always. Hold on. Always. Nope, hold on. And... And... Always. Oh, <laughs>